Tap is back. The spooky tap. Spooky calling. tap, Jack. Very special spooky tap, Griff, because I it's been months in the works. I've been talking to this woman's people for months to try to get her on. Yeah. The I, writer, insane. Insane. She wanted plaid MMs. Plaid? That's not even a thing. I had to have our manservant Mattingly paint MMs plaid to get her on. What but did we, you have to do? What did you get Mattingly to make up for that? What? To go through and hand paint M&M's? Did you get it? Man- no, he's a nice man serving. That's what we say. Oh, I thought... We, I, I threatened that. I thought on Mike we pretended to be really nice to him. <laughs> no, he's our they're, they're gluten-free, right? I mean, you, you read every... Hey, you haven't been introduced yet. Stop, 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 stop walking over my introduction. We only get a two-minute introduction for Tippy Taps. And we so want sorry. it. So this person... <laughs> Great fan of ours, very vocal. I I appreciate that. I I'm almost certain our only female fan we have. At least the one that is bold enough to admit it. I'm sure there's some lurkers out there. Don't be afraid. We are sex gods. Don't be afraid. That's what it is. It's the sex god part. It's, 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 yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you. Know her on Twitter, and you should follow her if you're not. Is Abra Jaggard? It's Abra. How you doing? Hey. I'm doing great, and I, I do want to hear more about these m I know. Well, they sound what, really your good. Your people sent it. Your people sent it. Yes. It was the first very... time I'm talking to her. I, I, she, said, she said, talk to my people. Yeah. A whole, a whole hippie army Even of- Even through uh, Twitter, it's like, no, talk to my people. Well, right. we're not talking. We're typing. But she's like- yeah, typing. Yeah, you type Types with the people, people, then you talk with people, yes. Does Twitter do the thing where you can see when the person's typing- if you're like DMing with somebody, I, I think so. Because it'd be funny if her people just always left it so it was three dots. So you're thinking they're about to type back to you, and you're I like know, waiting, sit there for waiting the for hours. Like and that's uh, torment. Uh, yeah, they're well. You had a well-trained army in front of you. So now, Griff, we finally have repre- West Coast representation. West Coast representation. Portland, Oregon. Portland. West Coast only in the place, house. Yes. Only place on the West Coast I've never been. I've been to Washington really? many times. I've been to Washington many times. My sister lives in the Seattle Tacoma area. Well, to California, I've been there a couple times. Didn't care for it. Portland's the place I haven't been to. What's going on with Portland? Why are you guys rioting all the time? Yes, we. The city's basically on fire. <laughs> um, you probably saw in the news that downtown was like destroyed, and uh, I recently was on my way to some buy a cronut or something and a homeless camp was on was just on fire holy crap like, yeah like ah that's going on <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a like hippie liberal utopia where we also are just horrible to the homeless and everyone's all yeah just set down to fire. 
Ah, there, there's some of those West Coast cities I get more. We have Ann Arbor for this, where it's wannabe hippies. Mm. And it's like, like Ann Arbor is full of rich people, but their kids that go to like, you know, uh, U- University of Michigan, they end up becoming just like these like f- fake hippie type people. And it's like they the talk moment. the talk, but not, don't walk the walk. Uh, yeah. I don't want a homeless shelter in my neighborhood. Like, and I get that feeling know. from just the West Coast, like a lot of cool stuff happening over there. But it seems like it's a lot more of that pageantry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's um, a lot of that rich hippie energy. Like Eugene, Oregon, if you've ever been there before. Oh, and a place called Sebastopol in California where you have the we can't function, but we somehow have money. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a great place to live if you're a film fan, if you can get past all the homeless shelters and the ones that are on fire and get into the movie theaters. Yeah. And, and that's how I discovered you guys, because during shutdown, I was deprived of my addiction to a film series called B Movie Bingo. Mm-hmm. And you get very drunk and watch like a Symphony Roth Roth Rock film. Oh. And scream crazy stuff at the very put upon guys who run it who are also very drunk. I okay. This <laughs> so sounds you're right yelling, in my alley. So you're yelling things like three mustaches and they actually pause the VHS. Yes, it's a VHS and they say, "What are the go to you?" and tell us off. Yeah. And That's during shot, it's really fun. And um, I've actually won and have no memory of winning. No. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, come home what? with a Dynasty um, box set and go, who gave this to me? <laughs> and the next day I realize, oh, I won. Oh. Yay. Yay for me. <laughs> I can watch Dynasty, I guess. Um, but, yeah, during shutdown, I became very deprived without the movies i started hitting almost like a junkie hitting every podcast service going i need something i need something i need something and i saw your guys's logo and i went what the fuck? <laughs> frank grills yeah like, yeah rock sean's making for us. yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you remember that bit in is it the simpsons where they're advertising like it says flim springfield and it's like they, yeah they must not care too much that they didn't do the spelling and i just figured if you guys have a logo like that you must have the biggest balls <laughs> Wow, that rock I'm crying right now. Yeah, because I just yeah, you know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but then what was it? White Sunday goes. That's the point of a cover. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that logo and I went, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that, that goes that goes back to the, an argument that I've we've had since I've known Griff about grilled hot dogs. Ooh, interesting. And that I dogs. refuse. I, I always told him, I said, if you can cook me the one with the perfect grill marks like you see on the package, yeah. I would eat that. But you never get that. that All you get is a fucking briquette flavored like a hot dog. That and I'm not eating that shit. An ongoing bit in the early episodes of talking <laughs> about grilled hot dogs because it's an ongoing joke. And Griff still, he says he can do it. It's been what? Well, Eight, Murray, nine years we've known each other. It's been the last like four years. I haven't had hot. <laughs> I haven't really been cooking hot dogs. I kind of stopped. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I retired my perfectly well, then, hot dog. Well, then it doesn't exist because it, because true, they, they paint them on. They paint them on. They yeah. Paint them on. Well, it's probably. Then I'll eat that. It's not a lie. I've done it. I've done it many times. I took photos and sent, I took a photo <laughs> once and sent it to you and said that's not real. <laughs> You've seen my painting. I can't do it. I have I the agility know, for I days. Know, I know. I don't. Wait, wait. We don't want to get bogged down. With okay. 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 
Okay. But, I was just trying to I was just trying to thank you that you helped me through a really messed up period. I hope other fans that I just went, I gotta find some movie podcasts. I gotta find some movie podcasts to talk about <laughs> not artsy bullshit. And uh, we'll get into that later. But I just I need a certain amount of not artsy film crap in my life. And um yeah, your guys' logo just stopped me like and um I I came in, I think about Chuck Turner. And wow. I didn't know you guys do a, a you know, what would you call it? Like a black black exploitation. Yeah, and I went, right. yeah. like, this is amazing. And then I disturbingly quickly burned your back catalog. That's what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, way, way oh. faster than I want to admit. <laughs> I, I have the image of Truck tr- showing up to pick up his girl from prison <laughs> when he's got the six pack and he's like hanging her over the seat. And I just... I love that movie. I love the fact that he bangs his lady while he puts his own song on. Like, I just, that, this era of movie and everything, it's so fascinating to me. It's so fun. Yeah, that takes, that takes guts. Like, I don't even know. John DeHart does it. I don't know. Sex to his own music. I don't even know what to compare it to today because there's no one out there. Maybe Neil Breen is the only person out there making these fucking insane. Because people are too self aware now. That's why. Like, everyone's in on it now. So it's like if you're going to do a ridiculous movie, you go full tilt and do a Sharknado type of movie where it's like. Let's wink together. Right. Like, nobody wants to be the butt of the joke. Uh, yeah. That's why I love Danzig's movies. Yeah. Because Danzig is Holy committed. Holy crap. Have you seen Danzig's movies? <laughs> I have not. I've watched um, trailers and extended bits. I. Yeah. What, what alcohol combo would you recommend? Well, I mean, I saw both of them sober, but I've seen both of them drunk. And good it doesn't God. matter. You'll have a good time. And if you, I mean, if you can enjoy some tits, then you'll have a <laughs> yeah. really good time because Danzig really likes tits. So, yeah, we're kind of bummed out that the the vampire movie didn't didn't stream by Halloween because he never can time it right. It's it, like the perfect time to release it. Yeah. We saw it a couple months ago in the theater, a private screening. We a mentioned private it. Screening, yes. <laughs> meaning, meaning we were the only people in the theater. We got but. the plaid uh, Skittles. Actually, we had the hand, <laughs> hand painted plaid yeah. Skittles, gluten where, free. Yeah, we do. We do the fruity as opposed to the mm. chocolatey. And I must say, it was an improvement above his his first movie. He did improve. He, he still has a lot of the same problems, but he did he improve. He loves to linger on a shot. Loves a close-up, <laughs> yes. like way too close. So, but yeah. I have a story I'm not sure I'm allowed to share, so I'm going to be very careful in the names. But let's just say when you go to college in Oregon, you meet a lot of strippers. <laughs> I it's I'm how you pay the bills. Okay. This is, this is and, a, just, yes, we know. Every everything that we okay. deal with on this show has is yeah, the, knowledge. Yeah, but the point is, yeah, just a, a good let's call her a good friend. And uh, she's on stage with Glenn Danzig. And um the three things that disturb her the most, um, he's very short. <laughs> like you're oh, not ready. Not answer, I hear you. Yeah. yeah, he's very short. And uh, he's actually really nice to the girls. Like he likes having strippers on stage. And he was, no, nothing but respectful from this story that I can't tell you too much about. But the wow. other thing is um, he definitely gets high off his own supply. He, well, he yeah. was talking about werewolves and the full moon and how he was worried about the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's straight up. <laughs> oh. So the good news, it's not an act. <laughs> That's interesting. Didn't he, this is very important, offer them cherry popsicles. <laughs> okay, I didn't. I didn't get that far. Okay, okay. Because that is. I a, can't. Yeah, I, I can't. I cannot reveal too much about how I know. This. Oh, oh, oh. Let's just say. Let's okay, say yeah, okay. You just. You, you, just you, 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 
one of the joys of Oregon, we used to have a, oh, we used to have a great t-shirt that said, uh, uh, come to Oregon for the poles or, or the, the, the tall trees and the tall poles. And it was a girl stripping on a giant pine tree. And it was, uh, God, I wish I'd bought about five of those. <laughs> <laughs> but we famously have like the highest concentration of strip clubs in America. I seriously heard that. <laughs> yeah. When I was I was painting my sister's house, so I was in Seattle for like a month. Oh, she was like, "We need to go down some strip club. I'm like, go to a strip club with my sister. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> really? like, yeah, oh. she mentioned Portland. Yeah, wow, she didn't do it. Did I look? I've never watched Portlandia either. Did, did Portlandia <laughs> do, do a lot of skits about that? Only one I saw was the Danzig one. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the only ones I've seen too. Do you blame no, I, Portlandia for ruining your city? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> there's um, there's a uh, a former mayor named Sam Adams that showed up on Portlandia as this put upon assistant to I think it was Kyle McLaughlin, and yeah. um, then. And then the real life imitating Portlandia thing happened where Sam Adams is now working for the current mayor. And the two of them were having a dinner at a brew pub that's basically a walk away from here. And a man confronted them and they got into like kind of a weird fist fight in the parking lot. Jeez. Yeah. And um, the next day I couldn't help myself. I went over there and all the you know workers at the pub were gossiping about it. It happened. And the phone was ringing. It's CNN. What should we tell them? And we were yelling things like, tell them there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Tell them we found bullet casings and just being asked. Nice. So That's, yeah, it's a it's basically a Portlandia sketch. Oh, here. it's ridiculous. No, yeah, yeah. You brought up something very interesting. It perked my ears. We were talking about it on the episode we recorded. That's not coming out for another few days. Ooh. Walkable cities. Would you uh, say it sounds like your city's walkable? And is that so much better than the shithole that is Detroit because nothing is walkable? I have some questions about Detroit, but yes, I, I think they're, okay, walkable is great because, you know, get some exercise. But here's the thing, and this is something I, I told a good friend of mine when I sold my last house. If you have a 100% walk score, then hobos can walk into your yard and steal your shit. Mm. And guys can sit on your porch drinking beers at 2 a.m. I'm guessing this is all coming from experience. <laughs> yes, I, I I was in a let's call it a a, a very walkable neighborhood, and um, it, it got a little intense, and there was an overdose across the street. Oh, geez, there you so, go, Griff. You're wrong. Walkable <laughs> is bad. Yeah, I I right now I'm yeah I'm I'm so, I, maybe sort of walkable should be what we're aiming for. You know, like yeah, you can not push your cart full of dead cats in. You could get a jog, you know. or whatever is in. <laughs> I, I have what? a homeless camp. I have a homeless camp near here, and they've got a washing machine down there. And for the life of me, like, what are they doing with that washing machine? <laughs> How did there they get it down there? Is there something in the get... water? Because it sounds like it's this hippie like, Eden with strip clubs oh. on every corner. <laughs> Everyone's full of anger and rage yes. and like burning shit. <laughs> Like, we have reasons to burn shit here. We're living in a hellscape. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, oh. you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe when you, you, you build what you think is utopia, and it's like, nope, this sucks. Let's burn it down. Right. It was like that, uh, remember that, that, I think it was like last year, the year before in Seattle, they said that little, like, enclave that they, like, you know, it was like, this is our own city. And then it just turned to hell almost immediately. People were getting raped and oh, shit geez. and all that stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah, they, they declared like a police free zone or something. Oh, which is what, basically what they've done in downtown Portland. Um, do you remember the scene in Is It Dawn of the Dead where the zombies get hold of the 
ambulance and they go, send more cops. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the cop solution, basically the reason they didn't interfere last night is they want to, they want us to hire like 500, 800 more cops. Oh, it's like, geez. um, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do anything until you hire like way more police officers. I'm like, but you're not doing anything now. And that man's on fire. That man. Oh. We we're, just saw a man on fire in the last movie we did. and You guys I, are tantalizing me with this. I'm trying not to ask. What, what did you do? What did you do? Black we Roses. Are here. Yeah, Black Roses. You didn't. Oh. We, we preview every episode. Come mm-hmm. on. You don't oh, remember. Man. You're just so in a trance from Fright Yeah, I, I, I think I'm just overwhelmed by you guys'. <laughs> I love listeners. Have you, have you seen Black Roses before? No. I'm putting on my list, though. Well, if you if you need a copy, you got my email. Just let me know. Thank you. It is uh, it is great. It's but there's going to be one thing that if you if you end up watching the movie before you hear it, I wonder if you point it out because I asked him and he forgot about it. <laughs> but, forgot about yeah, it. yeah, that's fine. That works. Oh, better. I know, no, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But yeah. I'm wondering if you get <laughs> that too because there. I really like it, but there's just this one thing that's like, why did you do this? Oh, I promised I wouldn't Google while we're doing this, and now you're making me Google. <laughs> okay. we're, we're here we're here at black roses okay do, 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 do. another heavy metal horror movie the dangers of heavy metal. lots of lots of you're gonna see wigs you're gonna see sad puppet demons <laughs> oh when you look it up. Yes. it's a, a lot of boobs because they made them put boobs in it great concept for a movie i really like it playing into the whole 80s like satanic thing the satanic oh, panic i love i loved demons- it but, Demons yeah. hypnotize the general public by posing as a rock and roll band. Oh my god! Yeah, okay, that sounds great. Well, you have you've heard of Rock and Roll Nightmare, right? With Thor. Yes, they I love this that is one. Second movie. Oh, so this is Rock and Roll Nightmare with a bigger budget. All right, so we've done seventeen <laughs> minutes. Of yeah, we this are. Is, this is like the new. I'm, I'm hoping regular no, guests. So we gotta let time. people know. No, when they when they see the with guest, they know this is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So it's all yeah. It, yeah. Every time we have a guest, minimum two and a half hours. No, no, matter what no. right. You know. I just need to make sure that we're not drained out. So when we get to the <laughs> yes. end of this episode, we're not like, yes. you know, yes. like, wait, why did this happen again? <laughs> yes. So All right. So it. we'll get exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're I really, into... Like I said, I, yeah, I suck at plot. So I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're no better, especially action scenes. We're the worst at all. <laughs> we're, the, oh. we're an action movie <laughs> podcast that does not know it's how to It's a good thing action. Kolchak does not fight because other, oh, well, he kind of got in the scrum. <laughs> Hey, does it bother you that we're called Golden Globus Theater and we haven't done a canon movie in like a year? <laughs> <laughs> that it it does kind of bother the pedant in me, you know, like why aren't we doing canon films? And I do have some suggestions at the end, if you're over yeah, suggestions. Fine. But um But yeah, you know, you guys are, are celebrating this, you know, what inscrutable, indescribable, you know it when you see it genre of mm-hmm. they're not campy. They're not deliberately cheeky. Like you said, they don't wink like Sharknado. They aren't a cash grab. It's it's just this amazing, like my favorite is called uh, Death Promise. And it's just a group of stuntmen. This isn't the plot. This is what happened. A group of stuntmen just decided to make a film on a roof. I like, like it. When, like when you and your brothers just go, hey, we can make a movie. And you go in the backyard and just kick the shit out of each other in front of a VCR you know, or VHS, you know. A camcorder. What am I saying? Um, I have a broken <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's like, it looks great. And like, there's something so sincere about the films and the TV shows you guys review, and they fit into the Golden Globus canon 
you know, probably a money laundering yeah. scheme. We <laughs> have, we've like, uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we have kind of researched. I think the last time we did was when we interviewed with Stuart, when he interviewed us. And we said that like, we start out as doing the canon because this is what inspired us to seek out more of these movies. And we felt like canon kind of made it like they've launched that series of movies kind of like that style. And yeah. so everything we're doing, it just feels like this was inspired by canon in these cheap, just like very serious action movies where it's like, we're going to give you this cool protagonist and he's going to take down the evil corporations. And everything. it always ends up being evil corporations. And I love that. Yeah, they're evil. I love that. Like we had this right in the eighties and nowadays like Tony Stark's like, no guys, I'm pretty much Jeff Bezos and I'm cool. And everyone's like, yeah, he's pretty cool. He's got laser hands. So Elon Musk is the same way. He's the worst. He's like, I'm going to the moon. And everyone's like, we're going to jerk off over your moon travel. And it's yeah. Like, Fuck why, you. why do we, I, was, I think I put a tweet up. But like, why do we care about rich guys going in the fucking space? We're, because we haven't changed as Americans. We still love rich people for some reason. And I don't. I yeah. never. I never did. When I never you, stopped hating rich. You don't people. like anyone that goes to the moon. <laughs> you wait for them to blow up. And then you write a paper about how you don't care. <laughs> First of all, they didn't care. <laughs> you. you uh, but you've heard the story about the Challenger, right? I mean, I've said it a couple times. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Again, I'm not going to use names here, but one of my best friends in middle school, I was always late to school because I was just like this spat. I'm literally walking distance to school, by the way, and I cannot get my act together because I'm sitting there hypnotized by Rocky and Bullwinkle or whatever. And I realized, oh shit, I need to go to school. And I run in and my, one of my best friends runs up and he goes, you know what NASA stands for? Need another seven asteroids. And I'm like, what? You know, and that's like how I found out. <laughs> Like, what a way to start the day you know they didn't really do classes that day they were i don't know if you remember this murray from your childhood but it was like we're gonna sit and talk and understand this tragedy and i mean it was sad but well no i write an essay if you, you, i'm sure if you've listened to our episodes i'm sure it's a blur now but I'll, for the reader's digest version okay like you were saying with your class our <laughs> our, our uh like english teacher was like i want you to write a letter to the family of the astronauts, okay? And I'm not, I'm horrible at this kind of shit to begin with. So I'm like, I, I go to my friend next to me. I go, I don't know what to fucking write. I don't really care. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, I'm a 12 year old. I'm in sixth grade when this happened. So I'm like 12. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, uh, my friend goes to the teacher and rats me out and goes, he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care about people. And then the teacher out of the room and yells at me as like what would your mother think of you if you said that <laughs> and i'm like holy shit i'm getting yelled at and i, I of course i just wrote some straight bullshit i didn't believe i told no. them what they wanted to hear first of all you should be more mm -hmm. upset somebody ratted me out than what i fucking said what i say so anyway cut to i go home i'm like mom like, would you care? Like, she's like, I don't give a shit if you don't you care about. She didn't care at all. Basically, what it is. Did I ever oh, yeah. do the nine eleven story? I don't think so. Because I I, I was fifteen when nine eleven happened, and so mm. I was in the middle of home. What is it? I forget what they call it. But it, homeroom, where you just make sure that you're there for the day, and you know that's when people start turning the TVs on because 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 of everything happening. Uh I gotta tell you, as a fifteen year old boy. Did not give a shit. <laughs> I know is that day was the best day of school I was ever put through because all the teachers were beside themselves. They're like, we can't teach today. And I was like, 
All right. So I just talked to my friends all fucking day. I went over to my friend Ben's house afterwards, and his mom was like, oh, my God, the news. And I was like, that's great. Uh, P.O.D.'s about to come on. We got to listen to that song. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm not even – I. you can tell this is a real story because I'm not pulling punches. A band I cannot stand anymore. P.O.D. I'm still alive. The Christian new metal band. Right? I'm still alive was the song. I get and I turn it on in the kitchen. I can still remember the kitchen and everything. My brother and Ben – Somebody were, else's CD you took my, to no, do No, it. no, Murray, listen. Okay. My brother and Ben are outside playing basketball. I'm like, great. I get to go inside. Mrs. Haller's going to give me all the snacks I want. I'm going to put on MTV. I'm going to watch P.O.D.'s I'm Still Alive. This- was there like a debut, like a big like thing about it? Do you know? I don't understand how you knew it was coming on. That's great. Yeah. What do you mean? What? You were saying oh, like you, you were, were airing for P.O.D. video. Oh, yeah, because it was like TRL's time slot. Oh, it was okay. like some time oh. slot where it was like I had already figured out it in my brain because it was like I want to see these bands. Like how you knew Metal Mondays. <laughs> Like Headbangers Ball, that King Diamond would come on at two thirty. <laughs> Only on Halloween time. Oh Only yeah, on Halloween time. But it was like I already figured out their routine because they do it every single Monday, and so I had figured it out. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't wait to go see right. that song. They're skateboarding, and I love skateboarding in the video. It's so good. <sighs> All right, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Cold Shack, yeah. everybody. People are tuning in for Cold Shack. They're like, I've been sitting here for a half hour looking yeah. at these motherfuckers drone on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cold Shack. 24 minutes, so. I'm visualizing, like, the world's biggest Cold Shack fan, and he's sitting there in his T-shirt, and he's got his, his gear and a doll he's made up. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, our guy Jack was pissed off because we spent four minutes talking about Star Trek. Oh, yeah. No, but, he's right about that, yeah. and I agree with him okay. 100%. Yeah. Um, first uh, thing I have to ask because yes. I don't even understand how Kolchak got his own show. Like, what what happened here? Ah, I have the facts. So, this is before Sweet Little Griffey's time, but there was once something called a TV movie. Well, Columbo were... is my favorite show, so you yeah. don't have to go okay. that far. <laughs> Come, young Padawan. Okay. No. So there was something called the TV movie. I'm, I'm doing a thing here. And uh, TV movies were huge. They promised a movie experience at home because everyone was worried, like here in Portland, that the world was on fire because it was the late 60s, early 70s, and people were getting shot and killed. And so it's like, oh, yeah. hey, stay at home and watch a movie instead of going out and getting assassinated or raped. And oh. um, so TV movies were huge. The ratings on them are crazy. And horror TV movies were especially intriguing because, you know, this thing kind of kind of comes and invades your house. You just tune in and you don't know what you're going to get. What's the TV movie this week? Is it Duel? Is it Salem's Lot? And so you're watching horror in the setting with maybe your grandmother. So they have to do a lot with innuendo. And the lighting on these TVs, mind you, is terrible. So they're like the most brightly lit horror you've ever seen. So they have to do a lot with atmosphere and really good acting. And so they do Kolchak based on an unpublished novel. You guys probably heard about that. And one in three TVs in America is tuned to this TV movie. What? The viewer on this is like 70 million. Jesus. There are people. Yeah. You could just walk up to people of a certain generation and go, did you see Kolchak? And they go, loved it. Yeah. (laughs) See that? Yeah, I'll agree with her. Like the pre like internet cable thing. There's like, since there's only three channels Everybody like our age, we have this common bond, no matter what our background is. Like, right. I can bring up like I could bring up Salem's Lot with you and you would know what I'm talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Shit, I even know Sam's Lot. And we could have totally it. different upbringings, but we we have that connection. Right, you know? and it's weird. Right. Like, because now you, there's so many options now. You don't have that. Yeah, anymore. I wouldn't know about today because, like, my age obviously is like Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Where still it was expanding, but it was still close enough. Yeah. But nowadays, yeah, it's a mess. Oh, uh, uh, so yeah, TV movies, one in three houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spe- specifically, Col- Kolchak, the Night Stalker, the TV movie, the first one, 1972. And the ratings are crazy, so they immediately get to work on a sequel, which Darren McGavin doesn't want to do because he says, it's just going to be the same. And he was right. They (laughs) simply copied and pasted um, and made The Night Strangler. And this came out in 73. And the ratings, I don't know about that one, but they were still pretty good. So they're working on a third movie when they go, why don't we do a TV show with way lower budget and none of the original creators? And Darren McGavin goes, "Uh, no. And they go, would you like the executive producer? And he's like, will I get more money? It's like, sort of. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how we end up with a TV show that's shot sadly on back lots and where everyone was quitting, including the star. Okay. So that's a sort of short run on the, I guess, on the backstage we got there. But basically, yeah, in the in the in the sixties and seventies, there was a lot of interest in occult. It was huge. Um, maybe uh, Murray knows these titles, but like uh, Rosemary's Baby. Ooh, um, just, this, I, just, I just watched <laughs> it for my yeah. for the first time like this week. Yeah, the stuff that inspired Suspiria, Exorcist, you know, the the interest in the occult. Um, oh, what, what was it? That one, Marie? Audrey Rose? The, there was a lot of reincarnation. It was all spooky, and, and well, it was just huge at that time. Everything, yeah, everything was satanic. I remember Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. everything was, like, you had Ghost Rider, you had Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night, you had all these horror shit. Like, is, that, is that how Ghost Rider got his come up in there? Or Ghost Rider was just basically demonic evil Knievel. That was like the big, you know, it was combination because Evil Knievel was so fucking right. huge back then. Right. Even though he always crashed, I never understood why people loved Evil Knievel because he never. Did yeah. His, I guess that's why. They I like Super Dave Osborne. Well, he was. Yeah, he was in parody Super version. Yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So, so the the occult is huge, and the the this this strange experience, the the TV horror movie was just such a unique experience, and yeah. So it was the time right to you know cash in and make the Colchak TV show. And the writers and directors were offered jobs and they refused to come on. But my elevator pitch, I'm, I don't mean to be negative, but here's my elevator pitch. If I'm knocking on your door and trying to hand you a pamphlet on why you should watch Kolchak, I've written this down. So Kolchak is Columbo meets Scooby-Doo. It's the most 70s thing ever made. Yeah. You, you've got the occult. You've got aliens. You've got investigative journalism. You know, Watergate. Uh, you've got tourism. You've got crime. You've got showgirls. You've got monsters. Uh, ridiculous character actors only there because they need money um the writing couldn't be more formulaic so if you want a window into what the heck the 70s were about you know tune into me tv and watch some culture i've never i watch a lot of me tv well i pop on me tv i'm not always watching it because that's where colombo comes on i've been watching colombo for years i watch colombo every sunday it's a it's a thing i love colombo but that's that was my problem with kolchak was he's so nervous and frantic, and he's always zipping in and out under Feeney's radar and everything, and then he's got Tony coming down on him. Well, you Columbo. got a slight taste of Kolchak. Maybe yeah, he no, out. I feel like I need to watch the, the original TV movie because it mm-hmm. sounded like that was uh, done a lot better. But when I saw this, I, would, I, I was anxious. I was anxious the whole time, and I didn't like that feeling. Whereas Columbo, I'm always in control because Columbo <laughs> is so cool. Zen. He's cool as a cucumber, you know? He's patting people on the head, you know? He's got everybody under his thumb. I love that. 
But Kolchak, well, he's like he's like a little cockroach squirming around everywhere, getting people to do his job for him. Like, well, when she said Kolchak, I said Kojak. I can't wait to talk about Kojak. That's my favorite show. But no, yeah, it's I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing. I think it's supposed to be Cole Shack, but everyone just says Cole Check. Yeah. Yeah. They say it early in the episode, but then they also say Carl. Yeah, Carl. So, so now I can just, I, I think Carl or I think Cole, Cole Shack. Cole Check. Now, is it, you pointed out in your notes, is this a continuation of one of the movies, like a sequel, basically? Yes. Vampire is the only sequel to the TV movies that were, did so well. Um, this is a continuation of the storyline of, oh, I forget, he had some crazy name, Janacek Kamitsky or something, of the vampire from uh, The Night Stalker, which Griffey should watch. And that was played by Barry Atwater. No lines. Good stuff. And so this is the only no one where they actually bothered to connect them. Yeah, vampires don't talk on this show, I've noticed. They just hiss. Because Catherine just hiss. These, yeah. aren't, these aren't Anne Rice's vampires, that's <laughs> yeah, for these, sure. These are feral vampires, yeah. Yeah, monsters. they're very clothed, too. <laughs> There's no layers. lace or anything. No lace. Velvet overcoats. La- layers. I think she was wearing velvet <laughs> pants at one point. It was her sister's. Oh. We'll learn later on. <laughs> oh, my God. That whole storyline. I don't know what to do with the storylines of this what show. What we're going to do is we're going to get into this episode. Yes. All right. First off, we, we, we get the most bizarre opening theme I've ever heard. At, at first, it's Andy Griffith. There's whistling. I'm sorry. I got to do this again. We got to bring up fucking... Uh, What's it called that we're doing Wednesday? Um, Black, Black Roses. Roses. Whimsical music for a terrorizing <laughs> show. We start out with well, whistling. It starts out whimsical, and then it takes a dark turn. At least it took a dark turn. Yeah. So this, this theme was famously written in 20 minutes. 20? Well, they they killed it. Like, the bass line. <laughs> like, the whistling doesn't have me. Again, it's mocking me. I can't whistle. But then they hit that bass line. I was like, fuck, this is good. <laughs> I love it. It, it, it. You're you're walking past the graveyard, and it's like oh, I'm out having a nice walk. Oh no, something's happening. Oh, yeah, I like that imagery because it's like all the trees are full of leaves, and then you get to the graveyard, and it's just wispy skeleton trees waving yeah, exactly. at you, wooing, yeah, whistling, whistling. Yeah, exactly. yes. whistling past the graveyard. <laughs> Clear influence on X Files. That's fine. Well, was it? Yes. Yeah, didn't Chris Carter even say Kolchak was a big influence on mm-hmm. X Files? Yeah, the three influences were um, Watergate, Alien Abduction Stories, and Goldcheck. <laughs> I like it. I used to watch it. Don't remember a single episode of X-Files. <laughs> I got to watch it again. I got yeah. it all on DVD. I hear like but... the first few seasons, you just go through, and then the middle and end what? are good. No, I think, I to me, it kind of fell apart after the first movie. They got too deep into the mythology. I don't remember mythology. when the first movie came out. I saw. I think one it was like them. the fourth or fifth season oh, when God. it came out, something like that. When, well, whenever like Mulder and Scully left, you're like, "Why am I watching this show anymore?" I, I gave up on it. After oh, that. I Mulder never disappeared. It. I think. Yeah, he left first. Yeah, and then they they got the guy from Terminator Two. Oh, the... he was he was pretty good, but yeah, something was lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, see. I, I'm gonna go off on a tangent about X Files. Okay, one of the reasons I liked X Files was. There was a man and a woman that were friends and respected each other. Yes. And I, I, I appreciate there's no sexual tension because like every fucking show yes. boils down to this. Are they going to do it or aren't yes. they? And I like that, that there was this new spin. It's like, no, these fucking, now these like crazy cat ladies have to write in. I want them to be together. I'm shipping them. And then it just ruined it for me. I, they didn't. They, they didn't. I like that you're upset, but you use 
shipping. I'm using that phrase that they would use. That yeah, I and like I also like the said. fact that Mulder was a creep. He was super into porn and all this shit. And Wait, it was, was he? Yes, that was one of his things. Like oh yeah yeah porn. um the episode with uh, Michael McKeon. It's a body swap episode. It's really bizarre. But he goes into his apartment and he looks around. And he's like, how do you live like this? And there's porno on the floor. Interesting. God, I really do need to re- revisit X Files. Yeah, because he was so obsessed with like aliens, he never got laid. He was he just watched porn and then he would. Do That's his... amazing. Like yeah. my David Duchovny experience <laughs> is essentially remembering him in this, and then him as uh, I believe he was a trans woman in Twin Peaks. Yeah, and that's it. Like that's well, all, he hasn't all really done that much. Yeah, besides. that's all I know yeah. him from. So it's like apparently he's a porn freak in one show, <laughs> and then he's a trans person in uh yeah Twin Peaks. I think he was just a transvestite in Twin Peaks. He I don't remember. I don't no. remember. I don't yeah. remember. And I it's not. What, did he? Wait, he was he on the the last season? Yeah, they had like cameos, didn't they? And they brought them all back. I they had they brought a lot of people back. I don't remember yeah. if they brought. Uh, I can't remember what. The special name agent name was. I don't know either. I don't know if they brought uh, David back. Kolchak. Kolchak. Yes, Kolchak. <laughs> we are we're off the I, we're off the radio. This is a, this look, is right, a going right. Right. I think you can listen to enough episodes. This is how it rolls. The episode released <laughs> with a W slash AC Jagger, so you know <laughs> it's going off the rails. This is going Glover. This is after dark for us. The sun has set, so it's after dark now. Yes. After dark. So right, so I've got Col- the theme song. Kolchak, he's on a plane. Rory, we're just right into it. He's 40 minutes, we're going to do the thing. <laughs> he's, heading, he's heading to Vegas, Griff. This is so obnoxious for me because I'm coming into Kolchak clean. Right. Never know. Kolchak? Kolchak. Kolchak. We can't even get the name right. Uh, but he's talking to himself on a, on a plane with leg room. Already, I'm like, I'm out of this world. I don't get this world. It was luxury. Flight was luxury in the 70s. And he, I, I, okay, here's the thing I like about him. Yeah. sucker suit. Yeah. The tie with the just abrupt end to it instead of the pointed end. I like that. Uh, and then the tape recorder. He's always got over his shoulder. And apparently a camera. I never noticed the camera. Yeah. But I always noticed the tape recorder. And I like that he's always talking into it. But it's like, he's talking about some crazy shit. And it's like, everyone can hear you, dog. Everyone can hear you. He doesn't care. He's cold. great if they did a response from a woman sitting in front of them, just pushing the button, trying to make this guy shut up. Right. There's an insane person behind me. Yes. Do it, do something. But yeah, the seersucker suit, was that was Darren's idea because the original Kolchak in the novel uh, would wear what's called the summer uniform, which was like a Hawaiian shirt. And he said, no, no, no. This guy was kicked out of New York. So the last suit he bought was the summer uniform of a New York journalist. And that's a seersucker suit and the tennis shoes. Oh. Which I thought was a nice little touch. I like, I like that. Yeah, because like he's one. based out of Chicago on the series, He's right? based out of Chicago. Okay. Yes, but his dream is to get back to New York because I okay. guess that's... Of course. He's, so, he's in the second city. He I was just going to say, he's in New York <laughs> Junior. Right. Well, two walkable cities. Well, New York, Chicago, not so walkable. New York, very walkable. <laughs> okay, so... Right, so, he's on, so he's on the plane. And we're get He's, he's like... He's, he's giving us some info, like a flashback, if you will. Yeah. Of a woman who got went on a detour and her, she, her car got a flat. Yeah, this this woman named Elena. Yeah, which you don't really need to know her name because I, I and this is why I'm like worried about my notes because I'm like, oh yeah, shit, there Elena. was so yeah, there was I was like I'm I'm kind of 
disappointed that Aubra's not a plot person because I was like, I hope she explains it to me because <laughs> so I, I was getting so confused by the names. I was like, who is this and who is that? I was so concerned about these stories, but this story definitely, it, well, Forever Night leaned into it, but it's leaning into the Forever Night like plot logic here where it's just Elena ends up somewhere and then by the bushes some zombie hands come out of the ground. Yeah, well, vampire hands. Or vampire hands, right, in both cases. Yeah, vampire hands. Yeah, what we're supposed to get, and I didn't get till the third viewing, is Elena's cut hand somehow resurrects the buried victim. Okay, do you remember in your guys' superb episode of Fright Night that the bodies were beheaded? Do you remember that? Of the hookers. Why Mm -hmm. were they beheaded? To stop them coming back as vampires. So... The vampire from Night Stalker didn't do due diligence, buried the sucker. Yeah. Was she buried? Or I kind of read it as she was like, she got caught out there and she was hiding underground because, mm. because what there's that whole thing about the car that has the windows blacked out. Like, I was a very, it's a very confusing episode. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I didn't, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand that whole well, for, for, for brevity. Okay. So, Vampire. Yeah, I'm, we'll, I'm cheating. We'll get way into that, yeah. Yeah, I am cheating, and I've brought up a really good summary of the plot. And yeah, so apparently Elena's cut hand somehow draws this vampire who, she, or she doesn't even know she's a vampire, she's a dead hooker, who's been buried in the ground uh, by the vampire from the first movie. And she was, I guess, brought back up by some road work and the blood, and now she's resurrected. So okay. that's where we're at. Okay. So... Now we know what we're dealing with for this episode of Vampire. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. Back to Chicago. It's a very hot Chicago. Right. We, we're told that. And this is the times when people still would wear their full sear sucker suits, right. despite yeah. it being so hot. No air conditioning. <laughs> Even though it's like when it's 90 degrees over here, Murray has to deal with me and my nipples blaring, <laughs> right. just pointing right into his eyes. Oh, yeah, it fits in. Cause you'd have people like doing like road work in a suit like in like 100 years ago. It's, it was yeah. a weird time. We didn't have dungarees. No dungarees. So we see a Larry Storch from F Troop shows up as the Swede. And he's got some money for our boy Kolchak. Yeah, why did, why did the Swede need to come into this? Because he needed to tell him this hot tip he heard. Oh, about. that's right. The hot tip. First of all, he's like, let me tell you, Kolchak, the money's in newscasting. You have right. a face for radio, but the money is for newscasting. Look into it. And he starts talking about these, these murders he's hearing about that happened just west of Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they're moving towards L.A. Yeah. And then just as that's going to happen, I, I, you watch it, Abra. Is yeah, Vincenzo is he's he's the regular, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, so they have like great chemistry. Oil. He's his editor, yeah, yeah. Like he's like he's the captain that yells at the cop all the time. Exactly. But it's it's the reporter version of the the editor. And, oh, yeah, and then Tony, yeah, Tony Vincenzo. Yeah. Oh, Vincenzo. I don't know. He Vincenzo through the whole episode. So yeah, yeah. Tony, yeah, that's Tony. Okay, and. He, they actually end up having this kind of relationship. Like he'll, in some episodes, he'll say things like, "You're beautiful when you're angry." So they have some weird energy. These two, uh, and then you go, "Okay, what's going on here?" Um, but yeah, they contrived to include him. That Simon Oakland uh, character actor, and he was in both of the TV movies. And you know, they thought, "Hey, let's." Even though this makes no sense, he keeps getting fired, but he keeps the same editor. But I think the idea is he gave him the job out of pity, so that's why they're together. But you're right; he's just there to yell at him. Well, we're, they're in the second-rate city, so, you know, they're both trying to get their way back up, and he knows his ticket is, unfortunately, 
uh, Kolchak because he's from the first city. Yeah, so Kolchak, once he hears about murders, he's like, I got to check. I got to investigate. Right. But he's like, how do I get there? Because Enchanted's like, I don't give a fuck about your goddamn <laughs> murders. There's a 15-year-old Indian guru. Yeah, and the Swede ba- has bailed because yeah. he heard Tony's voice. <laughs> yeah. And Tony comes and goes, was that the Swede? <laughs> he owes me $500 from a bed well, The up. least Swedish-looking person I've ever seen called the Swede. Yeah. Like swarthy dark guy. One of the best wigs I've ever seen, though. <laughs> I think that was his hair. Oh, okay. I do not understand why they put in that he owes him money. What the hell it's just a show that he's like out of a scamp, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> this is where we see my favorite character, Ron. Great mustache on Ron. Love that mustache. You wanted more Ron? I wanted more Ron. Well, Ron, he's got the job to check out this guru in, yeah. in L.A. Yeah, Tony's like, I'm going to go with Ron. Ron's ready for this job. And Ron Uptight. Ron, is that really his name? His nickname is Uptight. His name is Updike. Oh. He's, he's coded as gay. Oh, so he's a regular too, then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm digging Ron. Anyways, so <laughs> Ron's got the job, and he's they're talking about it loudly, and they're talking about how it he has to be flown out to L.A. And of course, Kolchak, he's like, I need to get over to L.A. I need to get to like that Vegas area, you know, so I can investigate right. this crazy vampire murder. So he's hearing all about this guru and everything. And then this very specific type of men- meditation comes up. Transcendental meditation. Transcendental. David Lynch does that. Uh, yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Dave, I have his book, The Big Fish. I listen to it all the time. Okay. He reads it himself. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I love this because Kolchak is typing on his computer and he's got a Murray. Computer. Computer. Excuse me. Excuse oh, me. Sweet Come on. Oh, I know a typewriter. Have you ever I, used a typewriter? Yes. Okay. Multiple times. Okay. My mom had uh, various typewriters in the house. <laughs> so I've used them, but only to write like swear words and then okay. burn them. Because, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, I had to hide that evidence because I got caught once and it was very bad. You're practicing your swear words. What do you think I was doing in the first and second grade? As soon as yeah, I learned what letters are for, I was like, I, I, Stone Cold. My mom. I've went, always told everyone Griff's the true, true villain of the show. I get pegged as it. One of the he's... favorite stories my mom likes to tell to try to embarrass, <laughs> embarrass me is the time, third, fourth grade, I can't remember, maybe fifth or sixth grade. My drawing has always been, at, it still is at the level of a first grader. So I drew all these people with like the foam fingers, but they were the middle fingers for Stone Cold. And they said, hell yeah, Adam. And there was a bunch of people saying hell yeah everywhere. And my mom found it and I blamed it on somebody else. And she's like, oh, good. I'll go to school and tell them. My mom has done this. She has gone to the school. So I couldn't understand that it was a bluff. So I was like, I did it. So th- I love swear words when I was a kid. Yes. All right, that's how I got into Insane Clown Posse because they swore a lot. <laughs> I'm just visualizing you at the library doing that thing where you open the dictionary to the dirtiest word and leave it for the next kid. Like, oh yeah, I love it this. Was, me and my friend Drew did that all the time. They had they had like the whole encyclopedia, and we look up any dirty word we heard up. We loved it. So Ron's gonna get the big gig. Yeah, uh, talking with this guru. But Kolchak's like, I don't, first of all, I don't give a shit about the guru, but I got to get to L.A. Oh, he's like, he turns around and he says, oh, you've probably read all the big books on TM. TM? Transcendental Meditation? Yeah, I read that one. Who is his name? Bobby Ganoush? I read that one. He's like, oh, yeah, Bobby Ganoush. Are you you thinking about the eggplant dish right now? Are you a little (laughs) hungry there, Ron? Because shut the fuck up. Let me school you. 
And Kolchak goes on to rattle like seven different transcendental meditation books. Kind of blowing your whole idea that he's this jittery guy because he's obviously very chill because he knows how to meditate. In this moment, yes. I was like, that was very chill, yeah. Yes, because what's uh, clearer in the books, I haven't read the books, I admit, is that Kolchak is a true believer. He is the only one who believes in a world of people who are like, nah, it's kind. I'm just gonna walk home alone, put some salt on my neck, you know. <laughs> it's fine. So he's jittery because, yeah, he knows. So he flimflams and <laughs> makes the, the Vincenzo say, hey, let's put Kolchak on this because you don't know what you're doing. Right? Yeah. And Kolchak is totally playing some reverse psychology here because he's like, guys, I'm just so busy with this <laughs> uh, story about oven mitts and how they may be alien. I don't I, I just, no one else can do this. What's with the silver lining in there? Can it contain a whole drum machine or not? Who knows until I find out. So Vincenzo's like, Kolchak, you do it. No, no, we can't. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got the... the last. You do it. God oh. damn it! You want to keep your job? You do it. I'll have to get my briefcase, and you'll have to give me a great big per diem. Ron, who had just packed his bag, he was ready to leave right that afternoon. He just goes into the corner, plans his plans his uh, murder spree. He's going to do later <laughs> on. So we cut to Catherine, our vampire. She's walking the streets because that's what she is. She's a streetwalker. She, yeah. She's a lady of the night. And I do like this part of it. I like this part of it where instead of having Kolchak talking to like a mic, you know, his little tape recorder, you have a voice over him like kind of laying out the case, I guess. Yeah, he narrates it. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I like this. So we're hearing him narrate this uh, part of the story. So he meets, it just happens to meet an old friend, just happens to be driving by. I thought this was like a John picking her up, but this apparently is a friend. Isn't that the whole point of this episode? It was a prostitute is a vampire? Yes, apparently that is supposed to be her brother-in-law, because I think the, whoever wrote this, must have been David Chase, was worried we would be confused about how she got from A to B, you know, and not just a vampire moved to Los Angeles. Like, if you guys like Blade, you seen Blade? Yeah, Did you true. wonder why they were in Vancouver? You never worry about why they're in Vancouver. Yeah, but this, yeah. But this episode's like, how does she get to Los Angeles? We'd better explain and give all the bus stops. And all it did was make it more confusing because when I Kojak said friend, I thought that meant like a John, like a friend in air quotes, you know. And she was just picking up a John, and she was going to suck his blood. But no, she t- he it's like she said, it's his her brother in law because right. she wants she's looking for her sister who lives in L.A. Oh. My God. Okay. Her sister, Linda. <laughs> Did not understand that was what was supposed to be happening there. Yeah. Well, it's a very confusing episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this is a lot of unnecessary explanations. Well, well yeah, we this, got is what, this is what, like, here. I, so, because when they got to the home, I thought they were having, I'm not kidding. I thought they were going to have rough sex, like, because they were, like, like, grabbing each other. <laughs> no, that's what they were doing, right? <laughs> that, no, it was, she was trying no, to no, suck. No, no, no. That was the message they were supposed to be sending us. Because I thought they were, go, Return of the Mac was happening, you know. <laughs> I thought they were getting funky. Um, and then it kind of turned into a scuffle. And then the wife comes home. And I was like, oh, she's going to shriek out. And then. Yeah, what? I mean, at this point, we do not know that this woman, Linda, is her sister because she's married. She, has a, she doesn't have the same names because she's married. So we're not supposed to know this, I think. Yeah, but it's I, supposed to be this big reveal, and you're like, why? 
You know? Yeah, a lot of our big reveals were like, why? Why do we care that she took her sister's clothes? You know, we, you know, we're supposed to. So, yeah, yeah so there, the, she attacks. Like I said, I thought it was just some rough sex, and, you know, <laughs> sex play. But no, she's wanting to drink this guy's blood. And she does. And then I guess she drinks her sister's blood, too. Oh, shit. That was his sister or her, her sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was her sister. And then she steals her clothes, which just seems like they could have done the plot in that order. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> So we're as confused as Kolchak. I, here's another thing that's confusing me. We asked like Anthropus Chris about it. He didn't really know either. What is the deal with vampire feeding? They always make it seem like they have to feed every single fucking night. And I don't get it. Like, yeah, that, that seems, yeah, that seems like really, you would notice the bodies. <laughs> yeah, that was our thing about Fright Night. I'm like, come on, Jerry, you're in a small town, Iowa town, and you're beheading people nightly. How many prostitutes could there be in iowa and the why, whole state and why dump the bodies just burn them we're not talking about Portland. point Portland here <laughs> Portland. yeah they're they're good they're gonna notice they're gonna follow your car yeah exactly the hubris of a vampire the they hubris. think they can get away they're the trumps of like the monster world they're oh. like i can do whatever i want well they're always so charming with their mock turtlenecks and everything and their, <laughs> their cosby sweaters and their cosby sweaters a hand hand painted artwork is about, is about cold check arrives in la yeah and he immediately he he's he immediately parks illegally he, he assumes this guy's gonna like the doorman's gonna park his car for some reason yeah and he privileged Chicago people. <laughs> well, he is privileged because he doesn't even believe in giving tips. Because the guy, the bus, the bellboy takes, bellboy, him, that's takes it, him up yeah. to his room, and then the the classic joke. <clears throat> this is a hand. joke I know very well because uh, people know the guy who is like the star of Rocky Horror Picture Shows. The Tim, I think his Tim name Curry. Is Tim, Tim Curry. That's Curry? Been Tim Murray, the the more talented one. Yeah. Yes, Tim Murray, of course, <laughs> no. Cross, very talented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim Curry. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, rock and horror picture. And I'm like, I know that guy from Home Alone. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Clue because no. he played a butler in that one. Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so good in that fucking movie. Uh, you, have you even seen Home Alone? I have seen the first one. Okay. I've never seen the sequels. You don't need to see. Well, two's okay. You don't need to see. <laughs> Which one has guy. Trump in it? Because isn't Trump in one Trump's of those? in two. Okay. Yeah, he shows up in two. He steals the show. I'm not making much headway in my why you should watch Kolchak. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> so I tried. So uh, you, this is a real hotel, then, Abra? Like yes, Marilyn Monroe haunts yeah, this hotel. It's uh, uh, Hollywood. What the heck's its name? Da, 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 da. Oh Lord, the notes. Anyway, yeah, the hotel is supposedly the hotel that Marilyn Monroe haunts. This is on Hollywood Boulevard. The theater that he drives by. Earlier, later, that's a real theater on Hollywood Boulevard. They must have just stuck Darren in a car and said, just drive up and down the street for 20 minutes. Okay. I thought that was deliberate. I, thought, I saw so, mu- so many things. Marilyn Monroe didn't die in a hotel. Why would she be haunting a hotel? I thought she died in her clothes. Supposedly, she haunts it. I mean, other than it gets people to come and visit there and look for her is because she had some great torrid meeting with one of her great loves there. I call that a stretch. Yeah, I, it's- I- we all know the Kennedys killed her. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Waka Chicken. I learned it from the, the fucking Misfits song. Who killed Marilyn? Oh. It was the Kennedys. Yeah. Or maybe LAPD. You got to suck, suck, Jackie, suck. Yeah. So, Kolchak, uh, he's, he's got it. He, what is he doing? He, he's, he goes to Barstow, which I, is that, that's in California, right? Or is that in, yes. in Nevada? 
Out, that's out in the where, desert, yeah. That's where I guess the last. This is where I get confused because he meets a cop that what you like like all our cops, their hands are tied. They the don't want. They don't want to do their job. Yeah. And there's an abandoned car. My owned, fat-free milk's getting warm. Please owned by a Mr. Warm. Mitchell, who we never see in this episode. What was the deal with Mr. Mitchell? <laughs> and his uh, car, the, it was a stolen car. Okay. And the windows were taped up, but they were taped from the inside. Because the, the cop was like, obviously somebody stole this car and was going to give it a paint job, and then we caught it. And then Kolchak's, ah, 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 ah. It's taped up from the inside. Why? Because a vampire is going to be hiding in this car, Griff. So this is a very confusing scene. I still don't know why we need to know who Mr. Mitchell is. I'm assuming he picked up the vampire girl and drove her to Barstow. That's my take on it. What do you guys? Yeah, think? yeah, exactly. Like um, she, like you know, goes, oh, you know, uses her allure. He pulls over, um, and then what? She kills him and leaves his body in the desert and steals his car. Okay. It's okay. kind of a Grand Theft Auto vampire move. It's kind of, you know, kind of good. But how does she drive with the front window taped up? That's a, that's <laughs> a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Maybe that's another vampire power we don't know about. <laughs> no. Or maybe she drove west so the sun would be at her back. Or the, oh, I like that. The back I like would, that. that that's good. There we go. So she's oh. just, like, hauling ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kolchak's like, I got to write this bullshit TM story. So I'm going to go do that real quick and then I'll be back. So he goes back to LA. See, this is again, when he's interviewing this police or is he police officer? Yeah, he's a cop. He's interviewing this cop. And I'm like, my anxiety is already through the roof at this point (laughs) with Kolchak. I don't like this character. (laughs) Um, and he's interviewing this cop, and this cop is just, like, shitting on him. And I'm used to Colombo coming into the room, controlling everything. Yeah, Everybody I mean, is like, this idiot doesn't know what he's talking like about. That's like me with Kojak. Kojak yells at his boss. I mean, yeah. 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 Colombo, you don't even hear about his boss. <laughs> he just always plays mind games with people about how his boss needs him to do something. They're like, oh, well, I'll do this to appease your boss. But they think Colombo is sh- on their side. So with Kojak, it's... In a whole nother world because the people just shit on Kolchak and he starts talking about vampires like a nerd and they're like, are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. And then he gets the fuck out of there. So I was like, Kolchak is just a fucking nerd. Yeah, he did ask if there are any puncture marks on the Vic's neck. Yeah. And, he's... Were, and he's, the cop's like, what are you, some kind of freak? Get out of here. And he's like, okay. And he scurries off back to LA. Yes. And this That's is where it. he, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, something that gets kind of lost, and if you guys saw Casino, they get into is that the the cops of the Vegas area basically work for the mob at this time. Okay. Uh, Jeff Jeff Rice, the author of the unpublished novels that inspired this, he was a journalist, but his dad was a front for the Dunes Motel. So he basically was a frontman. So he could kind of see both worlds, you know, the mob stuff and as a journalist and trying to get to the truth about who really ran the town. And that's what I wonder if Mr. Mitchell is a reminder of the cops that are going, don't ask a lot of questions, don't poke around. This is a nice place. It's very meet me halfway. <laughs> very much. So he shows up at the, this mansion that the, the guru's living at, and he meets Supposed a real estate agent, Faye. Yeah. And, she's trying to sell the house to some, you know, couple. Yeah, because he's moving. You know, he, she sold the guru this house, and now she's selling it for him. And uh, she, uh, Kolchak's like, hey, I'm here to see this guy. He's super late, you know. 
And they're like, his uh, the guru's uh, like uh, agent or whatever comes out, and he's just like, I'm sorry, he's already left for his show in Dallas. Like, you're late. Yeah, you're not gonna see it. And then Kolchak's like, "Fuck! How am I gonna like get away with this?" Vincenzo's gonna be on my ass about this shit. And it turns out that Faye, he, he reveals that he's a journalist. Well, obviously he's a journalist. He's their interview. Well, he does a he does a number where he's I I can't remember how does this work out. Does he say he's from the IRS initially to try to get more leverage? No, she gets confused because he's from the INS, like the International News Service or something. Which like that. I support fully. I donate to the INS. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that was supposed to be a joke that didn't quite. <laughs> yeah, like an I, I honestly thought I I thought the I thought he actually tried to play it up like he was the IRS because he thought he would get to the guy I can't even remember his name the the guru. Yeah, I, I thought he had a name. I don't remember it. He, he kept saying something, but I couldn't hear it. And I told I I told Murray about this, but the app was not being friendly with me. It kept oh. breaking <laughs> on me, so I was having a very hard time with this episode. Oh, but uh, it was like at this part in particular that I finally got over the hump right <laughs> after. So he kept mentioning a name. Anyways, what 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 what's relevant here? What is relevant here? Yeah. So this is another very seventies moment where um, the Los Angeles press was briefly enchanted by the story of a thirteen-year-old guru who basically came over to like talk about peace and understanding. This really happened. The guy's <laughs> name is. Prem Rawit, I don't know, I'm saying this right. And basically he was getting so much money that he one day found out through a lawyer that if he just married anybody, his mom wouldn't be in charge of his money anymore. And so that's probably what inspired this. But it also shows that this David Chase was trying to do like a rip from the headlines type of story. Okay. Yeah, art impersonating life type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of thing that they were worrying about in Los Angeles, which just, you know, given what's coming in the 90s is kind of amusing. So so yes. uh, he drops the the, the uh, thing that he's the international news service, and she's like, you know what? I when I was in college, I studied journalism. I just fell into this real estate thing, and he's like, oh really? And we like we were just pointing out he's kind of this huckster, this con man. It's like, oh really? You want to be a journalist, do you? He's even got the newsy hat, right? Got the little press like paper in his hat band. And he's like, how about you help me out on this little uh, thing? You know, because you know this guy. You sold his houses. You're like friends with him. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you <laughs> the opportunity to write up a piece about him. Because she, she was saying she talks to him all the time. She knows everything about him. Well, great. Here's your opportunity. I'm going to let you ghostwrite this thing. And I will give you, well, you're a woman, so I'll give you a quarter of the credit. <laughs> Quarter? I kind of like this scene because it has sort of a Tom Sawyer tricking people into painting fences kind of quality. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, he doesn't want to do this job, and he's not going to do this job. Yeah, you are dead <laughs> on with that one. He's even got the seersucker who <laughs> That's what it makes me think of, seersucker. That's Wingshauser's hawk. Oh, right. Well, anyways. So they go back to the hotel. They, I guess they hear on the news something about the Mitchell case. This, is, this episode is completely dictated by the radio because whenever they need the next little dump for uh Kolchak to know where to go he turns on the radio and it just happens arrested development did this wonderfully in a joke where he always just turns it on and it's like all right and the murders are happening down over here at fifth and avenue and he's like okay i gotta get over there so yeah he gets to the hotel drops her off the hotel it's like just write out. Like, you start writing. This, this gag. Mwah. Chef's kiss, everybody. <laughs> I, liked, I liked this one. So, yeah. <laughs> the look on that guy's face. So he, 
He pushes Faye out. This this great looking, uh, you know, mid thirties, <laughs> early forties woman, great right. orange uh, red hair. I was gonna say orange hair. Uh, <laughs> she gets out of the car and she's looking back, and then the uh, what is this? He's a doorman. A doorman. Yeah. He is in the middle of this, like trying to get the door open and everything. And then he hears Kolchak yell out to her, you get started, I'll catch up. And the doorman is just slowly shrugging, and the camera slowly zooms in on him. Love it. This is the other thing that bothered Too me. Too bad they didn't add a... <laughs> this is what bothered me about the NBC app of it, too. Because there was built-in commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. And the commercials they put in would happen before the built-in commercial break? Yes! Yeah! That was so irritating. And it was just like five seconds before the break. It was like, could you motherfuckers (laughs) not line that up? How did that not work itself out? NBC.com, we're on to you. Yeah, you had one one job. I I know that, like, irritate the shit because it comes back and then it goes to black screen. It's like... That was your commercial break. How? How? I don't know. Kolchak, there's there's being a police briefing. All right, he want, he needs to get these dates. I got a piss briefing. <laughs> okay, so I'll take over. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is where we meet Lieutenant Mateo, played by William Daniels, who I know is the voice of Kit the Night Rider. What do you what? Aubrey, what do you know him as? That's how I think of him. There were a lot of, when I was um, watching this, there were a lot of, you know, Michael, I have to go investigate vampires jokes, which weren't very good. But, but that, yeah, might... that's, a, he's he's a respected TV actor. Yeah, I'm not sure him as a cop. I can believe him as like professors, you know, yeah. angry, snooty types. But he, he does okay here. I think he's... he was on that show Sane Elsewhere, and he played like a snooty <gasps> surgeon on that one. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that show. That was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> and it all happened in the mind of an autistic child. Okay. First ending ever. So angry. So... But yeah, so William Daniels here. And I do like that he's he's huffy. And since there's a lot of um, stage actors in this, they really let him roam around. Right. I like I like that, you know, like where he's, they're saying, how do you spell that? He's like, uh, K, M, <laughs> X. Right. I like that scene. And as as you pointed out, this was the seventies. Satan was in, so he's like, mm-hmm. "It's got to be Satan worshippers." The Dark Star Coven has been up to some shit right now. Like, so okay, so they're talking about the murder of Catherine's sister and brother-in-law. Yeah, what I. What were the Dark Star Coven guys doing? Were they at the house? What? How did they tie into this? Did did did, did uh, Mateo just go? It's got to be them, and just got some innocent guys and this yes, been the yes. murder. Um, exactly. Um, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, has a repeated theme that comes out of Jeff Rice's books that the real monsters aren't the monsters; they're the corruption of the people in charge who won't listen and do the right thing. And this cop, like um, the Jaws mayor problem, oh. right? Yeah. Oh, I love that you Get brought it? up the Jaws mayor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that a is a fucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're trying to explain ethics in government, yeah, you can't do better than that. And yeah, what Mateo is doing here is he is protecting the image of Los Angeles, and it's just easier to pin a couple random murders on some druggies they'd probably want to arrest anyway. Right. So. So, yeah, he and Kolchak, he's right into the vampire shit. He's like, were there any punctures on the neck? 
<laughs> he's getting all the other because it's just full of like journalists and different news crews and everything. If it were modern, of course, you'd have camera phones and everything out, but it's just journalists, so they just have notepads and maybe some you know recording devices. Mm-hmm. Another anxi- anxiety-inducing scene because I'm used to a man who comes in and controls the room. He's coming through, and he's popping up in the audience like he's different people. And Feeney's finally starting to hone in on it and be like, who asked me about the vampire marks? And then Kolchak sneaks out of the fucking room. Like, what is this man? I don't, like, he's like a little shyster. You got a lovable little shyster. I I don't know if I can love him. (laughs) I want to love him, but I don't know if I can. He is, yeah, he's he is a guy that he, he would be a pain in the ass as a friend and probably gets you killed. And he's sort of a lone wolf, so he probably doesn't need friends, honestly. Um, we'll get into the whole thrilling conclusion, he's always alone thing. But um, yeah, he is sort of on his own agenda here. And couldn't he be more subtle the way he is later with the, what is it, the handyman? So I think but this is, yeah, this is pre, um, yeah, see, Griffey, you were born after Watergate and all the president's men, when there was this rush of people going, actually, journalists are the good guys. Oof. So, you know, maybe he's viewed as a nuisance. He's a curmudgeon, is what he is. I don't know. I think, I mean, he really needs some friends. I think that's what he needs in his life. Well, he bails. What? Well, speaking of friends or people he uses, he goes back to the hotel to check in on Faye. He's like, how's that article going? And she's like, well, I let a couple of people read it, and they think it's great. And then uh, he called, I guess he called in to, like, Vegas to, like, give, give uh, one of his contacts. Like, give me a list of all the missing persons in Vegas. Yeah, that's what he, he wanted, a, the missing persons list. And he got a list. There's 83 people or something 83? On, the, on this list. And he's like, shit, I guess you're going to have to go through these because he's ready to just hand it off to Faye. He's just like, oh, this is a lot of shit. And then Vincenzo calls up. He's like, he wants to know what's going on with that story. And perfect, he's, uh, Kolchak's got, got his cover ready. He's like, I know what I'll do. I'll do the old bad connection play. Oh, this is smart. So he pulls out his electric razor, puts like a fucking towel over the receiver. He's like, I can't hear you. I can't, you're coming in. It's a bad connection. You it's know, like, one of the fascinating things is this still works today. Because what you can do is... And you do this, and people are just, they just assume you have a bad connection. That's still a thing today. So you you don't can, need to that's pretty good, Griffey. I actually thought you were disconnecting. There we go. I was like, Brilliant. oh, no. Brilliant. Billy <laughs> Drago voice acting, everybody. I took his course. $4,000. And you could have saw Griff's hand acting while Ooh. he was doing that. I'm imagining his hands just floating around like little ballerinas. Yeah, <laughs> that you know what we we should at some point allow our guests to watch us <laughs> as we work our magic, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This is a, this is a tryout. That's, that's for the premium only fans, you know. That's that's exactly right. highest, highest so, level. Uh, so he's like, check, I know there's something up, but uh, you know, he, he's like, he hangs up. He's like, I want that story. He goes back to Faye, and he like. Totally shits on her fucking work. He's like, Nary? You're using the word Nary? <laughs> what is this, Shakespeare? What the fuck? Oh, my God. That was so funny. He's like, clean this shit up. I'll okay. be back to proof. That was, I, lo- that- I love this scene. <laughs> yeah, easily my favorite moment was like his frantic 
frantic, frantic energy, trying to like, oh, I gotta get out of the room. And then she's asking constantly, even when she was on, he was on the phone, like, what about my story? Proofread it, proofread it. And he reads it, and she's like, how do you spell oft? Is it apostrophe T? <laughs> and he's like, what else is in this? And she's like, a couple nerries, a couple duels, a couple of thous. <laughs> It's like yeah, I, I, I love yeah I love the writing snob I I assume this is pure David Chase because he was story editor on this series and you wonder how much of this crap he actually faced as story editor that yeah so yeah he's just basically shitting on somebody who's doing him a favor for nothing yeah. this is classic Kolchak as we've learned we've only seen one episode this is classic yeah. Kolchak <laughs> yes <laughs> this is for us yes class so he goes to Linda's apartment he got he found their got a lead I guess well good. Tuned into the radio. He turned the TV yeah. for a second. And it was like, oh, no, 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 there's TV. Murder at like 532 Second Street. Yeah. And he's just like, aha. So he goes there, sneaks in. I guess they don't, they don't lock the door. And he noticed Mateo's also there. It was the location he already went to. Yes. So okay. he was the one that he first interacted with Feeney at, or Mateo at. Oh, okay. I didn't so, know the, the press conference. Okay, that was at the... Yes, so okay. he went back there. And of course, because it was the 70s, it was a lax time. They just leave the door open. Yeah, we never locked their doors, no. Yeah, yeah. Crime rates were... There's no officer on duty. Nothing. No. Yeah. All there is is a janitor on duty. <laughs> and he was the owner of the building, too. See, this is what we need to get back to. And apparently we are getting back to it, if you believe some of the stories that are coming out of Kellogg's right now. Where the executives are doing the assembly line yeah, I shit. Like, that when I see it. Why, won't, why won't anybody come do this work for $7 an hour? I don't get it. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel just so good doing yeah, this. I don't have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm just, <laughs> you know, putting. Wasn't that through... a scene in, was it Gung Ho, where they try to build a car by themselves? Oh, Jesus. Oh, do you remember I... that? I, Mr. Burns did that in an episode of Simpsons. We talked Simpsons earlier, and it ended up terribly too. Like I love, I love this where it's just like we don't need these people. We do it ourselves, and they learn very quickly that they can't. Yes. It's like right. it's like me and Murray probably have this experience. Will you see somebody do drywall? And you're like, I can do that. I can do that in five minutes. And then you do drywall yourself, and you're like, this is the most obnoxious work ever. I will never do it again. Yeah. Well, I can do it. I just hate that. Well, exactly. It. It's just the fucking worst. And you're like, yeah. it's worth paying somebody to do this because it is incredible. But so he bumped. M- M- Mateo happens to be there as well, observing the crime scene. Yes, and he says, "Griffin, is that you?" And it wasn't me because I wasn't going through the jackets. I right. never go through the jackets. No, no. I go through the CDs <laughs> or vinyls at this time. So Kolchak goes right into his vampire spiel again. He's like, are you going to bring this fucking vampire show? I believe in logic. I'm a Vulcan, all right? I don't believe in any of this crazy-ass shit. Vulcan? <laughs> yeah, they're logical. I get it. And Kolchak is like, what about the blacked-out windows of Mr. Mitchell's car? Can I tell you all about the blacked-out windows? So somebody put tent on their windows. Everybody's doing it. I do it, Mr. Feeney. Uh, what about Mr. the wizard Feeney. that was painted on the side of the car? That's very vampiric. Uh, he's probably just in a prog rock. Have you ever heard of Foxtrot, the greatest Genesis album ever You're made? You're really pushing this album. It's my favorite Genesis album. Okay. I listen to it once a week. Okay. So he's he's been stymied once again. He's like, okay, I'm scurrying away. Get him out by Friday. Yes, and what this represents is uh, like Kevin McCarthy running through the streets in a, oh, what is it, body snatcher? Nobody believes me. Why won't you believe me? Because he keeps telling the cops the truth. They're literally combing the apartment. They don't know. 
They got nothing. And here's a man saying, I know what's going on. <laughs> it's vampire. Yeah, I know it's insane, <laughs> but it's all they've got, you know? I mean, play along with it. I don't know. <laughs> one of the things that the uh, autopsies proved is that the uh, the the dead people, I can't remember the proper name for it. Cadavers. The victims? Sure, the cadavers, the victims. victims they yeah. were drained of all their blood. Yes. Well, that's obviously satanic ritual. They do that. Right. Hang them by their feet, slit their throat, blood drips out. I mean, that's what fucking Normad would do. Right. So Kolchak ha- happens to notice the superintendent of the building. He's like painting like a hallway or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So Feeney tells him, fucking walk. I'm done with you. Like Feeney, who's maybe 5'2, 100 pounds, is telling this guy, I'm about to uppercut no, you, son. McGavin's like some Hulk. He's probably 5'6, 125 pounds. <laughs> So, and he's got yeah. his newsy hat on and everything. But no, he tells him to walk. And again, he's this anxious, weird, char- jittery character. So he's jittering all over the place. He's like, okay. Hand acting off the charts. What he's doing right now. <laughs> I can't though. stop moving because I also i am getting my second win here. I've been tired all day. I'm getting my second win. But yeah, uh, I could watch Darren. I could watch Darren McGavin work props all day. He's wonderful. What else has he been, been in? What should I? I mean, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the original TV movie. Is there anything else I should watch by uh, with McGavin? Well, you've seen Christmas Story, of course. You know, he's the dad, uh, right? Which, which one's that? Red Ryder BB gun. They play like five million times. Oh, that one. Yeah, okay, they yeah. play it like yeah. You've you've seen that. Yeah, my um, hunt. My sixty-year-old dad of a ten-year-old. We were talking about lit teachers earlier. My high school lit teacher made us watch that movie. He's like, "This is the greatest movie ever made." That guy, the creepiest motherfucker, (laughs) which made me hate that movie. That's okay. I think it's okay. Which the villain is the creepiest guy. The the his teacher was my teacher. Oh, I see. I did not like this teacher at all. Okay. So, getting back to culture, my lit teachers almost always sucked. Blame, I, blame the teacher. It's all well, no, no. Uh, the female. I didn't learn because my teachers were bad. The female literature teachers I had were great. They were always encouraging, pat you on the back for your creativity. Uh, but the male ones, I pitched a story. We watched five different time machine movies. All right. <laughs> Our tax dollars at work, people. Yeah, exactly. Time machine movies. And I, he's like, okay, everybody, you got to write your your own time machine story now. So I taught. I did a story, and I've told this on the podcast. I, I think Murray's already forgotten about I it. I already have. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. And I, w- I, I drew up sketches of it and everything. And I can't draw, so you got to imagine how amazing these sketches were about a washing machine that worked on time detergent. Oh, wow. And he's like, Griff, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is pretty dumb. I'm just saying. I hate you. I had a cool. Uh, if, lit- if, if Griffey was Japanese, this would be like an eighty-part manga by now. There you go. Thank right you. <laughs> I take that as a hundred percent compliment, and just like I was right, and I should be no. making millions right now. Yeah. I'm I'm visualizing the t- the machine. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some crazy cosmic swirling. There's going to be swirling. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Why not? I had a lit teacher that was on, she was on uh, Chuck Woolery's Love Connection, and she brought her episode <laughs> I don't know what that is. Love but... Connection is like the dating game. It was like a dating show. Was it TV or radio? Oh, wow. TV. Radio. TV, yeah. Well, in my day, we had Jim Brewer, who is now a comedian oh. who you don't appreciate anymore, 
And when I saw him recently, I was like, God, you're really this dumb? But he, I think he was, MTV did their dating show. I want to. I don't want to break anyone's bubble, but even in the 80s, she told us, they told us to exaggerate shit. So even reality TV yeah. back then wasn't real. Wow. I thought that whole show was staged, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. You're trying to tell me Rose to the Top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Chuck Woolery lied to you is what I'm trying to say. It was back in two and two. He would do that thing. He'd go, we're going back in two and two, meaning two minutes and two seconds of commercials. Oh, I like how you hate well, he did. He did that. I stole that from him. I, oh, okay. But, okay. <laughs> back to this goddamn episode. <laughs> Tippy Tan, that goes three hours. Yeah, because we, we are getting to one of my favorite jokes real fast. But on the uh, marquee that they drive by, it's a Pink Floyd doco I've never heard of, so i got to go and watch that now. And then my other note is that there's a rant out of, like, a pulp detective fiction where he says some of the men dust their eyebrows with glitter which is just such a great line i like that line yeah. best pink floyd album best pink floyd album uh uh <laughs> oh god well put it on the spot dang I don't want to turn this into a Star Trek conversation, so I'll try to just get it out fast. I'm not, I'm not good with names. I know it's the one that they had to rebuild after my beloved Roger Waters. Uh, d- did he take over or leave? And it's got the one about there's Roger water Waters noises. Ah! Did Barrett left. Roger uh, Waters. Yeah, Roger no, no, that was early. Gilmore took over. That was like late 80s, I think. Yeah, that was. Doing this. I can't believe we're doing this. Um, That's right. Hang on. Oh, my this God. The dark side of the moon and we can go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. The acceptable answers for me are. You watch it with Wizard of Oz. Animals or Echoes. Okay. Hang on. I couldn't care less. Oh. Yeah, I know you don't. Uh, we made this thing down. Oh, I'm, I'm trying we to. Gotta, we got to talk. We got to. We got to. We got to bail. Uh, apparently, uh, yeah. Apparently, my favorite album was "Wish You Were Here," so I suck. Okay, that album's fine. I wish you were. Have here. a cigar. Such a good song. It's, By the it's, way, which one? Yeah, they 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 do that that hybridization of the, of the you know the blues elements with like the darkest fucking lyrics on the planet. Yeah. I was an orchestra kid, and we had a this kid who had basically memorized. The, the wall like <laughs> in my cello section like he was just a walking pink floyd um you know thesaurus what always disappointed me is that my favorite song in the wall wasn't on the soundtrack and that that still gets me to this day is that some of them i i think they were like weird interlude little songs filler songs but still there's some of my favorite and they didn't make it to the final soundtrack we know it gets me Kolchak. Let's get Kolchak goes straight for the superintendent and he uses a, a particular technique that you know a little bit about, Abra. Why don't you explain what ah. this technique is? Yes. So this is called elicitation and it's used in spy school. And it's where uh, the Soviets are really good at this. So you say to the guy, Oh, um, that man who was here yesterday, that's your brother? And oh. and the guy he didn't even know you saw there was anyone at the house. He goes, no, no, that's my my brother in law. Yeah, yeah, Mike. And you're right, right, Mike. You know, so you you have this way of guessing things using a fair bit amount of information and getting the person who didn't know they're giving you information. And this is how spies right. do their thing. I lo- no, I love this shit. This feels very Columbo to me. This was mm-hmm. my favorite scene of the episode right here. I loved this scene very he's down on his knee he's right there down here with the grime and the you know all the grit and everything with this guy who claims to be the owner but he's also the maintenance man very colombo scene for me so i loved it and he's like going he's opened his wallet and he's like pretending he's reading through facts and everything 
lady's name was Terry, right? Yeah. It's such a, yeah, it made me think of Rockford Files. He would put on his little glasses and make a fake business card and go, yes, I am from the uh, news distribution company and like fake his way into a building. Yeah. Right. Same, and it, same energy. Yeah. Right. I, I loved it. I, I never knew that was uh, what elicitation. I, I just always uh, hear that uses, what do they call it? Uh, I don't even remember the name they call it nowadays. Um, but there's a whole new. Yeah, it's a persuasion technique. Yeah. Social engineering is mm-hmm. what I hear people refer to it as today. Yeah. When you get passwords and everything from people just by being like, hey, uh, your account had this problem and now we need your password, your social security, and your favorite credit card. So yeah, what you... favorite are the... yeah they Go put ahead. these quizzes up that say, oh, hey, what's the first movie you ever went to? And who remembers their first pet? And you're basically giving away what year you were born and, and what your password is. Internet's a scary place. Mm-hmm. Dark web, people. The dark web. <laughs> well, the dark web is probably way safer than the light web, where people spread a lot more misinformation because there's a lot more people. So what he, he what Kolchak learns is she worked crazy hours at night for a catering service. Grace's catering service. Oh, yeah. And she did all kinds of great stunts. And he's like, you mean stunts or tricks? Mm. And again, going back to my Arrested Development knowledge, tricks is something a prostitute does for money. Magicians don't do that. And they're for kids. Yeah. And we learned that she took her sister's clothes, which we don't really need to know, but for some reason we, we needed to know. What the fuck was this whole thing about the clothes? So now we cut to our man Ichabod Grace. Great pimp name. Ichabod Great. Grace. Name. It's I a love brilliant name. Episode. Oof. Played by my dad, Jan Murray. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You didn't oh, know you about this. No. Murray doesn't even tell me about that after <laughs> after the podcast. You know, not everything I've told you about my life has been a lie. And we're he's looking for some new talent. He's eyeing. He's in like a cocktail lounge. You see, you caught me when I was getting a beer here. Um, excuse me. You introduced me to your sister once. <laughs> that was a lie. No, that's not my sister. Your mom? No, I don't have a mom. Okay. I told you I was born like the beginning of Terminator, where the, that's how I was born. I was just placed on Earth. Yeah. I was. I've never been a child. Anyway, I was, a, well, I was a man before when I was a child. That's just exactly where my brain went. So, he's the so, 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 wait. So, this is where I get confused again because it looks like he notices Catherine for the first time, but obviously she worked for his catering service. So, is she like, is he like, wow, she's back in town because she disappeared? She went off the radar for a while. So, is it kind of like he's like, oh, that's my hoe over there? And like, well, well, she worked, I mean, she worked as a, as a, it's revealed later that she worked as a prostitute in Vegas. We're, we're not sure she's worked as a, as a hooker in, in Los Angeles. Again, it feels like the writers are working way too hard to explain things to us that we can just get. Yeah. Okay. And, but he's like, I like what I see. I can make some money off of that. So yeah. He makes a beeline for, she doesn't talk. Vampires on Kolchak do not talk. So she just goes with it. This is true. She hisses as we see maybe haven't seen anyways so kolchak finally yes, gets, yeah he gets that missing persons uh, list yeah and he notices that Catherine is on this list and she's a prostitute that went missing yep and of course that's when he's back in his hotel room phase there typing away how long <laughs> is this article she's writing 
because apparently it's four thousand. Well, words. she's redoing it a million times because he's like, nope, I don't use that word. That's that's the old fashioned word. Nope, not that. Oh yeah, I would never say I would never say woman. I would say broad. He's like, <laughs> he's like semicolon. You know, he's just getting really. That's a good point. Know. Oxford comma. <laughs> Fuck that. That's for nerds. And he spit in her face. That was a little too far. That was the least anxious thing about him. Like he loves demeaning a woman. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Learning a lot All right, about uh, Griff's adding that one in there. Kolchak is not that weird. He's too anxious. Vincenzo calls up and he's like, "Give me him my shaver." Tony, <laughs> this name it has too many vowels in it. He's and never I just, referred like I always get irritated by you when you talk. You put a character's name in the notes that they're never called by ever. He's always <laughs> referred to as Vincenzo on this. Vincenzo. No one ever calls him Vincenzo. Tony. It's this, too... this is the last time we're ever going to hear from him, Griff. So get, can you get through it? Uh, yeah, I can get through it. I love this scene. This was another great scene, by the way. I love this well, scene. Let's, let's this, this is a good scene. Yeah, in, uh, in England, they love this show in England, and they refer to Tony as the walking heart attack, which I just love. I like that a lot. I, there's this podcast I used to listen to, and they referred to this one guest who would always come in, and he... Pavel, if you still listen, I love you. But <laughs> they doesn't. would always refer to the one guy as the human ottoman because he would pipe up and every like the conversation would die after he would t- chime in. Wow, you just threw our friend under the bus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, any listeners that want to find a new podcast? <laughs> yeah. Check this out. But I feel like that had happened dozens of times. But I'm also trying to remember five years back when we all used to see each other. So maybe I got it wrong. Anyways, we're going back to Old Faithful. He gets that phone, and he's looking around, and he's like, I got to find my razor, my electric razor. That Norelco. Yep, the old Norelco. My electric razor is doing a thing with my neck right now. It's just pulling hairs. I can't can't do that. It gets me razor burn. Yeah, it's just pulling hairs these days. (laughs) I don't like that. I want it to chop the hairs, not pull the hairs. All right. I got to talk to Jim Cornette about that. (laughs) So he's pulling out the electric razor. He's starting it up, and he's getting the towel to cover his voice over the phone. We saw him do this earlier when he last time we talked to Tony Uh, to uh, mimic the disruption. So he gets it out, and he's starting uh, to to talk to Tony, and he's trying to tell him, Oh, no, there's more to transcendental meditation than you can understand. Stand. And Tony's like, you know, the Vermicelli, whatever his name is. Vincenzo. I would have gone along with your little bit here if it weren't for the other day. I finally decided to brush my teeth. And there was my electric razor. And I started that up too. Because I like to get a nice brush in I while I, I get his neck massager. I like to get a brush in while I'm shaving my neck. I do a Giuliani and I like to eat soup and shave my neck at the same time. A reference, modern reference. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, "Put the razor down. Let's talk, Zatuichu." <laughs> Zatuichu. She's called the Human Razor. No, it was Hanzo. Oh, okay. <laughs> what does he say? Because I don't even remember this scene. Uh, uh, bro, can you? Do you remember this? Okay, scene okay at all? so um, uh, Tony basically says, "You know, I I know that you know about the razor somehow." And, you know, just file the story or you're fired. So basically, we're amping the stakes. Yeah, this is, this is where he starts. He's Because uh, last time he, um, Kolchak left the room, he tells Faye, go ahead and just send over your article. Change the nays and the nors and the nay, <laughs> naysays and the 
theramores and the thous and send it in. So she sent it in and he's like reading pieces from it, but he's reading things a real estate agent would list about a house. So all she's doing instead of describing the guru is describing his house. And so she's asking, he's asking him like, what's all this about the original wooden floors? Oh yeah. Well, they were put in, in the gold rush days, 1901. Yosemite Sam was there to oversee. It was done correctly. And Tony's like, Oh yeah, I buy that completely. I'm drinking this up. What about the copper piping? Oh yeah, very copper. Why? I just like the idea that Tony knows Carl so well that when he sends in a story like this, he must know someone else wrote it, or that he what like copied it out of something, you know, yeah. which, which I think is what's happening here. Well, right, right because there's no mention of vampires. We all know Tony throw vampires. Vampires, vampires, They're after me. That's a story every week. Right, exactly. Tony is like, like, okay, it's really good if you just go ahead and omit the fact that a Frankenstein was in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I I asked you about corruption at City Hall, and you just wrote, oh, vampires. (laughs) I thought it was a a metaphor. Uh. But yeah, he's like, this is an article for better better homes and gardens, not for fucking INS. To get me that story. Or this is your ass. So Kolchak, he's like, I'm going to call up that ca- that catering service, air quotes. He's trying to remember. He's flipping through the yellow pages, which is the thing that I actually have recollection of. I used to flip through yellow pages. Oh, that's good. I called up the cable company. You let your finger do the walking. I let, I, uh, my dad told me I could get cable in my room if I called and uh, ordered the cable myself. Oh, that's nice. And I did that at eight years old. I can't imagine what that phone <laughs> conversation sounded like for that person. <laughs> So, and that okay. that went through. I'm sorry, but you you formed a business contract today. Uh well, we already had cable. We need. I needed to get actual the coax cable, and so my dad was like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead and do it." And I think he was bluffing because he knew knew I was a total wuss, and I I wouldn't call to order food. So why would I call and order cable? But yeah, that happened. Coax wow. cable, physical cable. We already had the service. A lot of bluff calling in your family. A lot of. <laughs> your mom did it, you know. And... I, I'm so, just visualizing now Griffey as sort of like a Bart Simpson type sneaking the car out every night and teaching himself how to drive. Totally. He's totally Bart Simpson. You're just old. You're like, yep, yeah. Okay. okay. Calls up the catering services. Yeah. I like my meat hot. Can you get me some? Oh, I like you see Tim's channeling into his past. I've been doing my past all night. Tim was the one calling up the fucking ladies of the night. Right. Pontiac's full of them, right? <sighs> yeah, ooh, I don't know if you want to get some of Pontiac. Yeah. If you got some crack, you might be able to get what you want. But uh, uh I, love what, yeah. I love what Darren McGavin does with his voice. Can you can you get me something warm? So he's like, send me that hot meat over right now. Uh Kathy, I hear she's really good with the meat. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. All right. Can you bring her over at 4 a.m.? Because she wants it near dawn. Yes. Sorry. Very good. We'll do that shit. She's Eight booked. Eight o'clock is the best you're going to do. That seems like a prime hour. Like, you think that would be a premium. Right. And so she's like, okay, if I have to, whatever. And then four, he's like, Faye, I'm about to get laid. Get out. But... <laughs> He's like, okay, well, actually, before you leave, give me your lipstick. Why do you need And my she's lipstick? like, what shit are you getting up to, Kolchak? Do you put glitter on your eyelids? 
And she's he's like, no, 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 just let me have the lipstick. All right, Kolchak. As long as you give me that byline, I'm in. So she leaves, and he immediately puts a, cr- a cross on the door. Yep, the back, back of the door. Or the inside of his door. And he did it with faith, so you know it will work. Uh, we learn a lot about that in uh, uh, Fright Night, is you have to believe in it. And Kolchak. Yes. Or you have to be really close to death. And then you really believe. Oh, yeah. Because like they say, okay. there are no atheists in foxholes. That's right. Oh, I like that. Oh, but go. they dropped this from Blade because like the first question somebody said, what about Jewish vampires? I was always under the impression that any faith based, because we all believe that Islam, Jews, mm-hmm. and Christians all believe in the same God. Do they? Yeah, they just believe in different prophets. Oh. It's all from this. All, everyone believes in the Jewish God, basically. See, I don't like the atheists because they seem to care too much about it, all things. So that's why I'm just agnostic because I don't care to learn any about it, anything about any of them. And that's why I always that's lose like, out like, in jeopardy. They're like vegans. They got to let you know. Like I'm Exactly. In- There's a sign they used to put up outside bars that said, a cross-fitting vegan atheist walks into a bar and what's the first thing he talks about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like when, when, like, I used to get preachers coming to my house, and it was just like, dude, I just, you're cool as a human being. We're not going to agree on this. Agree to disagree. Agree to agree. Agree to agree. So he, uh, night comes, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Knock at the door. Uh, the wet ass hour, I believe. <laughs> wet ass hour, yes. <laughs> Murray, that line has not left my head. <laughs> like it shouldn't. It was the most insane line I've ever heard in a movie in my life. The wet ass hour. Anytime I see him, it I'm is like, eight because I was always I didn't know what time it was. It is eight. <laughs> Kolchak makes me believe it's eight. Okay, I don't know for a fact. I'll ask we're around. Quoting if if you don't know what we're talking about, we were quoting an Al Pacino line that he. Okay, this is an Al Pacino. I'll just line. see here, but okay, but yeah. I'm not that funny or creative. <laughs> so. Oh no, uh, no, she shows up. Let's just say she 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 arrives. I don't know what how well time. Um, when I lived in Denver, I was near Colfax Avenue, which was nicknamed. Fax Avenue. Oh, and shit. even I'll at like two in the morning in snow, there'd be girls out there in very short shorts. Got to make money. Mm-hmm. So I want to believe she's on time. She's got to keep up her reviews. Yeah. Right. Her Yelp reviews. Yeah, her Yelp reviews. Yeah. So let's say it's eight. Let's say it's eight. I, I love it. Very punctual prostitutes. <laughs> got to make their money. I like it. <laughs> that could be the, the name of the company. <laughs> punctual prostitutes. <laughs> I just love that you're reinforcing the fact. Uh, when the one time I was in Denver, I drove over Colfax Avenue, and I was like, "Oh yeah, South Park used to make fun of that street." And I love oh, that yeah. it's reinforced that the prostitutes did hang out on Colfax. Yeah, there's these really nice houses nearby, and they'll have signs of like, "Please stop leaving your condoms in my yard." <laughs> <laughs> it's America. Hello. Yeah. Land of the free. Dropping condoms there is freedom. So, uh, she knocks on the door. Kolchak's like, oh, come in. And she opens the door, and it's all black in there. All black. You see some streetlights coming in from the fucking uh, outside windows and everything, but she's very nervous. Well, obviously, she doesn't know what the hell is coming on. She's uh, seen some kinky shit, but she's used to seeing coked out, like, stock freaks, you know? Right. Wolves of Wall Street. Well, the, the wolves of Wall Street. Werewolves of Wall Street. The werewolves That'd be a great of Wall Street. episode. Like, well, would, oh, my God, that would be. And he, she, then she walks in. He slams the door shut. And he's got a crucifix in his hand, and he's got the crucifix behind him. He's doubled up. He's doubled up. Yeah. And it's it's, it's not Kathy. Yeah, some other woman. He somehow knows this. Well, because she didn't cower away from the the cross, so she knows she's not a vampire. That is the only way he knows it, too, yeah. right? Yes. 
Exactly. Never- yeah. A, a huge theme of Kolchak is that he's always right. They're <laughs> always the monster. Yeah. He is. He's a insufferable. Like, you know, if you had a dad like that, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, you know, I'm the dad from the 70s show. No, I'm always right. But I like that they give away, you know, they try to pretend that the woman could like, they didn't send over a black girl with a fro. It would have been kind of a giveaway. That it is right, right. Something completely off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They sent someone over who could completely be like her and just bluffing. And he's like, oh, I wanted Kathy. She's like, sorry, but she got a better deal. Well, she plays uh, sympathy. You know, she's like, what has she got that I don't have? She wears four pounds of makeup. And he's like, right. four pounds of makeup on her face? Right. Did you ever think that maybe she's dead? Did you ever notice her neck? <laughs> have you ever looked at her neck? Have you ever kissed her neck? She have two welts on her neck. And she's like, look, Phil Packer from the L.A. Rams called her in. He's like, I want her. Do you like how that's come full circle now? Because the Rams are back in L.A.? Yeah. That's kind of fun. Oh, I didn't and think of that. Yeah. He yeah. called her in, and she when Phil Packer calls, she goes. So I'm your consolation prize. Like, I don't want you. She's like, well, look, you're wasting my time. $200. Griff, I'm doing the inflation in my head. That's five grand. Five for, grand? For one night with a prostitute? That's a little, uh, I mean. And she was. I wouldn't pay 200 now. And a prostitute that's startled by a man with a crucifix? She obviously is a rookie. Because I feel like after your first year, you've seen plenty of fucking crazy crucifix-wielding men. <laughs> right. You've seen some sacrilegious shit. You've yeah, seen yeah she, do, she does seem kind of bored with it. Like, oh, what's this? Right. Uh, I mean, I've walked on the streets of Dallas, and I've high-fived many of crucifix-wielding men. Right. It happens. So he's like, look, I'll give you the 200. He's already think of a scheme to get that 200. Probably, I'm sure. I'm surprised he didn't talk her into giving him two hundred dollars. I'm surprised he didn't get her to write an article. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm that, that would be the cold check method. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> and he also paid her with a check, which he knew was going to bounce. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's cold check. We love him. Oh yeah. It was like a check stolen from Tony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was stolen from Ron. Oh, there. Yeah. Oh, even, uh, we checks on my account. And then Ron's wife finds out that he turned up Ron's to call checks. Is laughing his ass. We learned that Ron was is a closet uh, gay, so maybe it leads him into life he's spent meant to live. Oh, I love how you. He frees him. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this like, this is right for today. So he's like, I'll give you two hundred. Just give me the name of your your uh, your your pimp. And she's like, sure, it's Ichabod Grace. <laughs> Which you would be name. like, a fake. But Kolchak lives in this world, so he's like, that's very real. So well, it's a perfect name for a pimp, Ichabod Grace. I love it. And so Kolchak goes to the 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 uh, bar that Ichabod hangs out at. Oh yeah, this is the Grace Catering. Was yes. that it? Yeah, Grace Catering. And he starts putting the heat on Ichabod to get some info on where this L.A. Ram guy is. Because he's got to find this girl. He, he doesn't want anybody else to get killed by this vampire. And again, he's doing this thing where he's very good at playing up like he's some kind of authority. Because even Ichabod, he tells him, you're like down as an accessory to murder. And the guy's like, well, fuck shit. Okay, he's, he's <laughs> hanging out over at the Ram's house. You know, the L.A. Ram's. Matthew uh, Stafford? Matthew, yeah, Matthew Stafford. He's down there with fucking uh, Matt, uh, uh, Aaron Donaldson. Sure. Yep. And so uh, Kolchak's like, all right, I got it. So he goes to this guy's house. We see uh, 
Catherine macking out with uh, uh, Phil Packer. They're on the, yep. they're on like a bearskin rug or something. It's and, a John DeHart scene, right? She she starts hissing and like like attacks him, sucks his blood. And of course, we got the voiceover of Kolchak explaining this scene to us. Oh, it just so happens that his buddy wanted to get in on the fun. Five <laughs> other. D- Let's go full North Carolina well, lacrosse he's the team quarterback, and now the O-line's you know, going to protect him. That wasn't an O-line. Those people were felt. It was a D-line. Mm-hmm. As in yeah, yeah, this 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 scene is it's is one of my favorite in Kolchak, because there really are these just out of nowhere, like, what what am I seeing here? Were these men really going to gangbang this book? Yeah, yeah it's a very yes. startling scene, because it's like very innocent, like, oh, it's just so happy these men walked in. It's like, were they about to do horrible things to this <laughs> prostitute? And she's like, that costs extra. Yeah. yeah. And this is the 70s, Griffey. There's so much worry about, you know, uh, how society is turning out and who should be president. But there's also just, here's a whore being banged by some football players, you know, for kids. <laughs> and I'm sure it was, I mean, we still deal with this today where it's like, well, you were wearing a very suggestive outfit, so you deserved it. <laughs> And so I can't imagine when in the 70s people were like, well, you were a prostitute, were you not? So you were asking to be banged by eight dudes at the same time? Yeah, but not for just $200. That's oh, <laughs> that's the capitalistic way, of course. Right. Like she yeah, should. I'm, I'm hoping there was some peak pricing here. <laughs> 200 for each. Right, and it's said. the prime hour. And also, Murray, it's the wet-ass hour. <laughs> now, we, now we know, 8, 8 p.m., wettest. Your ass is at its wettest. <laughs> so... <laughs> She just fucking flips out and just starts turtling these guys every which way but loose. Yeah, as soon as they walk in, they go, surprise! <laughs> yeah, she goes nuts. She turns to the camera and hisses, which is the only vampire words we hear. Yeah. And as they come in one door, Kolchak was apparently doing some pressed hands <laughs> on the other door because he's already there, too. Right. He's taking pictures. Yeah. It's a very interesting pictures. Yeah, some tasteful. It's, it's just amazing that it takes him ten hours to find some things, and he just knows where this guy lives. So. He's got like yeah. L.A. like memorized in his brain. Yeah. He's never been here at but. this point. It yeah. took him until he got to this house to realize. It's it a very I, from, Griff. It's a very walkable city, L.A. <laughs> you know? It isn't. We, That's we know the there's only at this time. This is seventy three, so there's about three thousand people living in L.A. at the time. So this is true. It's it's a very small town. And so Kolchak gets in on it too, and he gets thrown, and his uh, camera gets in the fireplace. There's an open pit fireplace. Yeah, there. it's very artistic. Yeah, very seventies. It's like you know, drop down. I saw some fondue pots laying around. Yes, this was I, a- I, I kind of like this interior. <laughs> oh no, it was actually really cool. I liked it a lot. But yeah, his camera gets destroyed every time. Like, oh no, I had pictures. Cool. I believe it did. He, he might as well be out there filming fucking Bigfoot. It might be an episode of that. Big, Bigfoot be. was another big 70s thing. I wonder People if were obsessed with Bigfoot. I wonder if Lycanthropist... I'm wearing a Bigfoot shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Lycanthropist Chris knows a lot about Kolchak, because I feel like... I think they were, uh, like, he was probably like a mentor to Chris. Maybe. Kolchak? Maybe yeah. he might study his film. Yeah. And his journalistic stylings. So, the cops... Mateo shows up with the cops, like, right afterwards. Yep. Uh, all, like... What's her name? Kathy, like, bails out yeah, the window as the cops arrive in the front door, and it's just... Where's the cop when you need him? Apparently waiting outside a football player's house, because they're literally there as soon as the attack takes place. Exactly. Yeah, were, were they tagging her? Did they... Did they know? 
maybe yeah. they want to join in. Who knows? Like, <laughs> don't, don't <feel> like that. <laughs> They're just hanging out. Hey, I hear there's a big party tonight. I, I mean, it is a football star, and they are fucking human beings after all who love football. So they probably just want to get in on the good side. I mean, sure. they could have met the whole L.A. Rams defensive line, apparently, according to you. <laughs> well, I said it was the D line. Oh, so, just I, imagine being the standards and practice guys and you're you're going over the facts of the episode I'm like oh so in this scene the la rams show up to bang a whore and then get killed okay this is fine yeah, yeah. that's like good yeah. that no i like that for the third act yeah yeah, yeah no, no one's gonna have a problem with this so kolchak has no evidence because his camera's destroyed he's like what can i say uh, and he's like kolchak i want you the fuck out of here and Vincenzo calls up and backs him up. He's like, get your fucking ass back This is here. amazing. This scene is amazing. Because while Feeney is fucking chewing up, Matteo is chewing him out, Lieutenant Matteo, it just so happens the phone rings, and one of his deputies answers the phone. He's just like, <laughs> they have uh, a football player's phone number? Like, what's yeah. going on? Apparently, like, everyone was in on this gangbang. It was going to be huge. <laughs> Tony just wanted to listen to it. <laughs> just put the receiver yeah. down. Set the phone down, Carl! Oh, he was going to use his little bed pillow cover to, like, muffle it for his wife not to hear it. He was going to sit over, turn that to the side. was not from electric shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We have torn this episode asunder. And yeah. Now let's put it back together and finish this shit because yes, we're going yes. in two hours. Sorry. Okay. Okay. All right. This go, go, go. This is what would have happened to Kurt Sloan if he didn't have his big brother yeah. tell him not yeah. to tippy-tap. All right, so, yeah, Tony calls him up, and he's like, look, are you serious? You need to get home now. You're off the case. And by the case, by case, I mean, you were supposed to interview a, tra- a guru about transcendental meditation. You weren't supposed to be investigating murders. And Feeney's like, he's right. I want you out of here. First plane this morning. Go. Walk. She goes back to the hotel. Faye is there. She, she comes back. and She's like, hey, I want my lipstick back. He gives it to her. It's like smashed up and shit. And he's, she's, she's just like, I guess I got to go back to real estate. Because he's like, I got bad news for you. Your shitty story's not going to see print. You know, I mean, maybe you should have used a little less nares and a little more therefores. And then they get a call. Well, he comes up with this brilliant idea. What is every house in L.A. that's been rented? Well, she she's like, I guess if I'm not going to be a writer, I'm going to have to go back to real estate. I haven't taken advantage of you enough yet. I've only done it once or twice now. I need to do it a third time. So, okay, let me get this straight. We're dealing with a vampire that, as far as we know, can't talk. But she can yes. go to a real estate agent to get uh, rent out a house? I got to say, I'm talking to somebody right now, and they assure me that there's all kinds of... Not good details going on with house rentals and mortgages and yeah. everything and foreclosures. So if stuff you're a like vampire, that. you're like, I need a place I can kill people. Can yeah. you help me out? And they're like, well, we got a crack house on the edge of town. And yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yes, exactly. The parallel to the guru story that the press is enchanted about the marriage is that this kid is living illegally in America, buying a property. The, the kid in real life has Rolls Royces and land in Colorado. No one knows how or cares. So you can get anything. You know, if you got the money. Ooh. Who are the real monsters, guys? Yeah! Yes! Real monsters. See? I'm, I'm, Murray's starting to turn. He's starting to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be <laughs> Griffey yet. <laughs> but yeah. So, 
So they spend 10 hours finally, finally find out. Of course, it has to be 10 hours because it has to be at nighttime because yeah. he can't meet the vampire in the middle of the day. Right. So they find out she's at the secluded crack house on the edge of town. My favorite. And so they drive up there, and he's got his vampire killing kit with him. He talks, of course, about how it takes him 10 hours to get through L.A. traffic. Even though it was only 3,000 people, it was still 10 hours of traffic. So, Aubrey, this was like, this is a real place, then. This isn't just yeah, The exterior, hit. at least, yeah, is uh, Mount... That, that wonderful shot is Mount Calmia Castle. This was Johnny Depp's party house, and also oh. Motown producer Barry Gordy. So, oh, as I told you guys in the notes, I assume every wall is co- coated in cocaine. Yeah, imagine yeah. sniff walls. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, building has that. I have it in my house. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know you're reaching. You know you're reaching the thrilling conclusion of Kolchak when he's suddenly alone. He's carrying a little bag. The lighting is terrible, and it's yeah. that lot, So okay, and, and wow, like, we're here. We're here. This is very much like the conclusion of Black Roses, where it's a man with just a sad little sack and a can of gas. Right. I I didn't I just put that together. That now. that is very Kolchak, yeah. Okay. He, well, this is he, this is well, this is very Griff because he's creeping around, looking in windows. All right. I don't do a lot of window creeping, <laughs> just CD flipping. Okay. I don't mean to misrepresent you. Thank you. And he's looking through a window, doesn't see anything, scurries his way down, and then Catherine appears, and she goes right for the neck. Yeah, of course, she hears the jiggle of his keys when he's trying to, because he has the keys to the house, and that's what alerts her. Jiggling of keys. She's a cat, essentially. <laughs> well, yeah. If, yeah. if she was that cat that was hissing at him, if that was her in, like, cat form. Yeah. I, Is I that another form of vampire? They do wolves, they do bats, and now they do cats. I... Or maybe female vampires turn into cats, male vampires turn into wolves. wolves. Yeah. I like that. Okay. We also know about mist. Yeah, miss mm-hmm. everyone. Miss. Yeah, that's 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 a very new gender neutral. <laughs> so he throws her off, runs for the hill. She's chasing him, but he set a trap for her. He gets pinned twice and somehow fights her off. Even though this vampire woman has taken out two bigger people than him, but he manages to fight her off to get to the hill where he gets tackled again. Gets her off again, and this is where he realizes this is my chance. And there was an allusion to this earlier in the episode. There's a little back to foreshadow. What is it? Giant crucifix on a hill. Yeah. So why was there? It, what he didn't put it up there. There was a giant. This happened to be a giant crucifix. This was an art piece, apparently. Yes, it's like the Hollywood sign, but it's yeah. a crucifix. And he sets it on fire. He he pre like doused it with gas. And she just starts breakdancing. She just loses her shit. You know? <laughs> you know, it's true. In real life, this woman is a dancer. And I assume, like, at this point, she's, like, remembering some weird interpretive dance class she did. She's like, ah! I can believe that. Like, feel the music move through your body and pulsate with it. Because what she was doing here was very strange. And she's, like, she's pinned down by the cross. She can't escape yeah fire has alerted her so much she's uh she's gone into cardiac arrest so she just lays down and yeah that's the thing so if a vampire can't see a crucifix because it's too dark can it not affect them Mm. think about that for a while that's good but so is fire something you can use to fight vampires you can kill a vampire with fire yes we talked about this last week with like anthropist chris and he has assured us that the way is the behead or do the stake and that pins them down 
because they can't get the steak out, and then you light them on fire to completely cremate them. You want to hear the lamest way to kill oh a my vampire? God. Let's hear it. Is it is it Vinny's? <laughs> no, that's 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 too too torturous <laughs> to give a vampire. No, this happened in Christopher Lee's last Dracula appearance, The Satanic Brides of Dracula. He gets caught up in a hawthorn bush. <laughs> Which is the bush that was used to make the crown of thorns for Jesus. Oh, oh. So he dies in a bush. <laughs> you could tell they were just they were just stretching. They're like, we can't have him die a fucking like a steak again. Yeah, I kind of so, like it. I kind of yeah. like it. The one from Bram Stoker's Dracula they never do is where he can't cross bodies of water. I, yeah, I've heard that. yeah, yeah, and you just think like build a moat. Build them right. Well, don't yeah, don't invite yeah. them in your house. That's the yeah. Thing. yeah that's step one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mom from Fright Night. I love how polite vampires are. They need to be invited into your house. Like you know, mommy can just walk right in. <laughs> so he just immediately starts putting that stake right through her heart. As Mateo rolls up, sees him clearly murdering a woman, as far as he knows. And so I guess I, I'm assuming he gets arrested at this time. But then the, the medical, uh, the coroner gets the uh, the report back. It's like, this woman's tissue has been dead for three years. Yeah. Kolchak was held for 12 hours. Yeah. Because he was arrested for murder. Right. Because he was seen pounding a stake into her heart. <laughs> right. And, yeah, 12 hours. And then they they release him. He's like, I don't know why they released me. He's talking on the airplane, by the way. He's back on an airplane. <laughs> Loudly to himself about this, how he murdered a woman. But no technically not. But it, isn't that at least like abusing a, a corpse or something? There's got to be something illegal about putting a stake through a body. Yeah, they, they should have at least got him on littering. I don't know. It's, literally, it's organic. Like, what, <laughs> how do you explain? Like, I'm with this dead body. Like, let's just say, like, you know, he, she's not a vampire. How does he explain? They're like, just get out of the Kolchak, you're so annoying. Get out of my city. I will cover for you. Yeah. By the way, you have to pay for ruining that cross. And then he immediately starts scheming. How can I get Vincenzo to pay for this? <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So this, yeah, Griffey mentions Columbo, and Columbo's a, a good guy. But again, I keep thinking of Rockford Files, where, where Rock, Rocky would totally, like, I, I can figure out how to get someone else to pay for this. <laughs> but... So thankfully, we're not. We don't have to worry about vampires because the sun just came up. We've been talking all night about Kolchak. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, uh, great job, Aubrey. Thank you. Lit right in. I, no, I, can I just say I have amazing ability to pick talent? All our guests are amazing. I I point this out. Oh, a couple weeks ago, after we finished up Rutgers, I was thanking the guests. And you're like, yeah, we have a really good job. We, 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 we. Well, I know. I meant me. You're not really that great because I do it. I do. I have brought one guest, where, well, two guests, yes. uh, whereas you've brought everybody else. Yes. <laughs> but still, I just think it's funny that it's always, we're so good at bringing guests. Yes. Well, you know, pat myself thank you. you got, yeah, you guys are building a nice little cult. Exactly. Loyal, of loyal adherence, you know, we're, right. we're the early apostles. We'll be the ones that are featured in the artwork. I right. I want to believe. If you saw our numbers, you'd be like, yeah, you're definitely a cult. But I want to go for not. I don't want to do cult. I want to do a mischief because that's the rat gangs. That's what they're called when you have a, m- a bunch of rats. It's mischief. I'd rather say we oh. have a mischief or a murder, like a murder of crows. You know, there's cooler. Like 
names we could have for our, okay. our gang of friends here. Yeah. But Mischief's the one I'm going for because I'm a rat man. Okay. But so, yeah, real, real fast, last defensive call check uh, before Griffey closes the door in my face. I told him. But it was a hugely influential. Um, Robert um, Zemetkis' first script sold was on this show. David Chase, who created Sopranos and Rockford Files, uh, wrote on the show. Um, I, John Carpenter must be a fan. There's an episode called Mr. Ring, and it's obviously Mike Myers. The mask oh. is obviously Mike Myers. So this is an influential show that a lot of people, a lot of people love. So there. I'm I, <laughs> no, I, I'm so eager to watch like the first episode because there are a lot of things I liked here. And then there was Kolchak. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the star. But no, I, I, I am going to check out the first episode because I well, you really gotta watch. See. Yeah, you gotta watch the one that I, yeah. inspired this episode. Yeah, because yeah. Columbo was very weird. Like the original movie that kicked it off is not very Columbo, and then it became Columbo. So it's like I want to see how this started and then became whatever I watched today. Yeah, that was like the the first uh, TV movie of Kojak. It was about the real life creation of the Miranda rights. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then it just oh. morphed into Kojak. a guy telling his boss to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Call Steve> Austin. <laughs> Hell another, yeah. Another Let's bring guy. it back to that. But yeah, all kidding aside, I pre we appreciate you coming oh, on. Loved it. Love uh, to have you on for a movie sometime. I, yeah, you you yeah, I think you passed the test. Oh, thank you. If this was a test, you passed it. Right. Oh <laughs> I'm I'm very flattered and overwhelmed. I do have questions for you and some movie suggestions, but well, no, we can get to that, but we need to close out this episode. But I just want to say thank you for coming. I honestly appreciate you being such a great fan. I I appreciate the feedback you give us because we get no feedback, so it's, it's a, always nice to hear. All we want to do is talk about talk about these dumb movies and TV wow. shows with people, and it's fun to actually be able to talk about it. And that's why we have so many people on. That's why we have you on here today, and it's just so goddamn fun. Like. Right. Despite despite my anger about trying to get everything set up because I have so many frustrations with recording materials, it's too much fun. I just love yeah. it. So, it was fun. Thank you. My thank you. <laughs> and we're, I'm just but this is it. See you later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> oh my.